everybody. Welcome back to another weekly Scale Riders podcast episode. We are at episode number 173. I am your host, 65 Lokes. My guest for this episode is Daniel Valencia, all the way from Van Nuys, California. Most of you guys know him on Instagram as Dan Val Models. He also has a YouTube channel, Scale Freaks. Make sure you check that out right there. Uh, one of the quotes that I like from Daniel that I see him promote is patience and planning. He's a scratch builder, a really high detail model builder. He's been making a lot of noise here in Southern California with a lot of the, the local shows. And I mean, man, if you see his Instagram, you'll know what I'm talking about. Very excited for this episode. We're going to get into conversation, model talk, different genres of builds as well. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and thank you for the support and listening. Peace. Hello. Hey, what's up, Daniel? Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? How you doing, Edgar? Good, good. And you? Oh, doing well. I'm doing good too, man. Excited. Excellent. Excellent. Me too. Me too. Awesome, How's everything dude. going on that side? Hey, pretty good. You know, the one thing that, you know, I don't like around this time is obviously going to be the weather. That's for sure. It's like, <laughs> it's like too hot. But other than that, you know, once things start cooling down, I'm like, all right, now I'm able to like work on stuff and get into things. Yeah, definitely. You can't do anything without AC. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true, man. You know, um, right now, you know, I was going to ask you what you are currently building because I know you switched or you're working on cars. Now it looks like you're doing some aircraft stuff. But yes, please, yes. So that's um, that. uh-huh. so that's a little bit of uh, my, my background. I actually started uh building models of uh, aircraft. You know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a pilot, the whole thing, you know? So planes was my thing, you know, jet fighters and all that stuff. So that's actually how I started. Um, my current build, yes, it's a plane. I left cars a little bit on the side. I am working on a, it's actually a crazy build, a crazy idea I got. Um, I'm putting these two planes together um this crazy uh plane that the germans made back in world war ii so they joined two bombers by the by the wings it's called like a like a twin bomber oh man but um yeah the scale that i'm building it is uh 130 seconds so it's kind of like 47 aroundish inches uh, in, in <laughs> wide width <laughs> yeah yeah man that's a trip so it's it's yeah, sort of yeah. like a like a kit bash kind of style that you're doing like scratch building Exactly. So they don't make this kit. The bigger, um, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with that. You know all the scales that they use in in aircraft. 170 seconds, the smaller one. You know the tiny little planes. Uh, then the most common one is 148. They build every plane. They're kind of like you know one of the the biggest problems that we have as, as modelers is space. So you know, 148 caters to to that guy that wants to build you know quantity and, and have a place to put him at. Dang. And then they have 130 second. That's the large scale. So that's that's kind of what I'm working on. Yeah, because you know I I've tripped out when I've gone to model shows and uh -huh. I, I see vendors selling aircrafts and I see how big the boxes are. Yes. And I'm yes. Always, I'm always <laughs> like, dude, like we're I would I, I wouldn't have space for those boxes. You know what? I think I'm going to have to get like another apartment just to park this damn plane. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. 
Yeah, it's it's really big. It's a crazy, you know, uh, mm-hmm. project that I have. I just w- always wanted to do it, and you know, that's that's the thing. If you don't if you don't push yourself with with bills, you know, what are you doing? Yeah, nah, yeah. And how do you, how do you like that balance between automobiles, aircraft, and then there's also like other like military uh, vehicles that you do as well, and motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. I I actually I have built so many different. So this is the thing. I started when I was like 14 years old. I was like, ah, oh, what do I do? You know, I came across a on a small uh, toy store. I came across a plane, and I was like, oh, I like planes. I'm gonna see what. I thought it was built. That's how little I knew about scale modeling. I thought it was like a plane. You know, I open and I see all these stuff inside. I'm like, what? What's this? You know. So, dude, I grabbed the first glue that came across my path, and I started building my first model. And it looked like it didn't look even like a plane. So that's how I actually started the, the whole thing. I have built from boats to cars, planes, you name it. I've, I've tried it, you know. And I think that's kind of like what um, polishes your skills. Uh, military guys are so into weathering and, you know, all these other details that a car guy will never see. So I do like that, like the crossover from techniques and I'm, I'm always trying to improve. Even, you know, at shows, when I visit shows, I go to the Gundam section, the robot section, sci-fi, and I'm always trying to study what they do. You know, you you can get a trick or two from them. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I know when I've, uh, when I interviewed Dutch, he was telling he had mentioned to me, look, if you want to learn about weathering, you need to start building like military. Like you got to yes. get into that and yes. you're going to learn and then you could apply that to the cars. I that's kind of like what I have done. Uh, some of the, you know, bringing cars to the to the topic, you know, I, I know your your, you know, your main thing is cars mostly. Um I like building mostly race cars, of course, but Le Mans, you know, those are endurance racing. When you go watch a race, dude, it's 24 hours running, you know, around the track. So those cars get beat up, dirty, um, you know, the slicks, they're, they get uh, at a very high temperature. So they're melting in the, in the track. They leave all these pieces of rubber, they call them marbles. So they jump around the track and they land on the cars. They make these stains like rubber, like black paint. So when the cars finish, those cars are dirty, nasty, beat up. And that's how I started, you know, weathering my my, my race cars as they came out of the track, you know. Yeah, that that's awesome because, you know, it's it's uh, like seeing your models with with all that weathering and detail you know, I would be like, like if I had to do it, I'd be like, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to even begin. You know, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could tell there's like definitely an art to it, like a, a sequence of how t- from beginning to mid to the end of the presentation. Like, how do, when do you decide as far as like, all right, it's this is it, it's done. I don't need to add any more. Like, is it a feeling or just like a visual? No, you know what? It's an that is an actual very very good question because most of the the problems in in anything military is that people over weather. They go like they start. I'm gonna weather this way. Do you get carried away? And all of a sudden, it's just a bunch of dirt on, on top of a model. You know, it doesn't look like anything. And that's a great question. So, for example, in military, um, 
there's all kinds. For example, in cars, you know, people uh, build, I build, you know, a car out of the box. Some other, oh, I go for realism. The other one, oh, I like to modify. The other one, oh, I like it to look like, you know, if it was a show car. So all these, just when you mention cars, there's all these different ideas and, and approaches to build a car. So going back to weathering in military, for example, you start with, okay, I'm going to build this tank, you know, and this tank fought in this era and the soil was like this and it didn't rain. So everything's kind of like dusty or, you know, it fought in mud. So the mud got dry and then, you know, it went through fields. So all those pretty much you're telling a story with your weathering as well. Mm, so it's like uh, doing your research as far as like that era of that in the time period. Like you have to exactly, find exactly, exactly, exactly. And in, you know what? Actually, uh, you you're more familiar with you know products. Uh, all these, for example, AK Interactive, uh, Mig Jimenez, like the Mig products. They actually sell you you know weathering for. Uh, let's call it the Kursk battle in Russia from this spring of this battle. You're like, come on, you know, they start selling you all these different dirts and stuff. Yeah. So now yeah, I've seen uh, their catalogs and stuff and I just, it, it, it almost seems endless. There's just so much yes. stuff that keeps coming out and I'm like, Oh man, like yeah. you go down a rabbit hole, just looking through their catalog. And you know what? When I started modeling, I'm I'm 41 right now. I, you know, back in the day, there wasn't YouTube. There wasn't, you know, all these things that we have today. All you had is, you know, glue and then go out on your, you know, back patio, grab some dirt and then throw it on glue. And that's your weathering, you know. Yeah. Now it's overwhelming all this stuff that they have. But, you know, you, you kind of like get the hang of it. Yeah, it, it's so funny when you talk about like the glue from back then, because I right away identify with like the old testers glue oh and, dude, those are those fighter whips <laughs> yeah and um my, uh, my 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 friend who i last interviewed on the last podcast he was mentioning like the, he still remembers like the smell of it kind of like this yeah. like, honey kind of or like not lemony kind of like, yeah smell. orange there's one there's the blue one it smells like orange it's a trip dude and then yeah. the, the testers the, the gray tube was the, like the putty the the great tube, yeah. You squeeze it and it never came out. That stuff was already like dry. Yeah, and, I know, dude. Yeah, that was cool. Man, that's crazy. You know, I still remember last year, October of twenty one, um, at the SoCal Open, and I remember mm -hmm. uh, seeing the. Uh, I hope I pronounced this right. Opel Blitz, the racetrack. The the Opel, uh -huh, Opel. The Opel. There we go. Yeah. And um, and you know, you had you busted out with that truck there, that race truck. And I, I just remember, you know, people, I was there vending, but I remember getting an opportunity to walk around and I saw it uh -huh. and, and, you know, whoever that I knew that I was conversating with, they all would bring up your truck. Like, yo, have you seen that truck over there? Because everyone was just tripping out on the detail. It was like <laughs> super like crazy high detail. Was that the first time that you were pretty much breaking out with that truck on display at a show? No, 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 no. The first, so that Opel Blitz, it's a, it's a crazy story, actually. I'll, I'll answer your question just to give you a little bit of a background. So that Opel truck, it's actually a military truck. It's a 1934. And um, 
back in World War II, everything German, dude. Uh, Mercedes Benz, Porsche, BMW, Opel, everything German. They were participating, building tanks, planes, engines, and all this stuff for for the war. You know, so Opel, being one of the German manufacturers, they produced this truck, the Opel Blitz. It's just like a cargo old truck. So I came across a guy, oh, I'm selling, you know, a truck. I'm like, whatever, a 124th. I'm like, mm, I like that scale. And then he's like, it's an Opel Blitz. I'm like, I need it. Well, but okay, I'll give it to you um, a little bit cheaper because it's missing parts. I'm like, okay, let's see. Dude, it was missing like so much stuff. <laughs> so <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I got it and I was like, oh, crap. I thought I could build like a nice military truck. And I said, I'm going to start modifying it. So the only thing that I actually used from that kit was the chassis, the engine transmission, and the cabin. The rest I threw away. And I started, like you said, you know, bashing parts from race cars and all this stuff. And I got carried away with detail and it went uh, all the way there. It actually, the first show that it went to, it was the Nationals, the first Nationals after COVID. I was rushing to get it ready for, for Vegas. And I actually had the chance to take it. And yeah, I took first place. <laughs> Man, congrats. How long? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. When you got started on it and you said, all right, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna do my way on this truck. How long was that period for you from, you know, getting it done from beginning so to end? This is the thing. I had the idea. So I have all these crazy ideas. Oh, I'm going to build this. I'm going to build like every. I think everybody does. And you kind of like leave it to the side. This Opel truck, when I grabbed it, I kind of like got dismayed that, you know, it was missing parts. And I was like, ah, it's not going to be a good build. But then I retook it. And from where I started, I kind of like left it on and off, on and off. I went around and do, did other things. But it was like two years from start to finish, on and off, you know, not hitting it constant. Man. And as far as like the other detail work that you add on there, is this just like, you know, wiring and just pieces that you just collect over time and grab from different places? Or or is it like just like aftermarket products? So it's a little bit of everything. Um, something that helps me when I build cars, um, I used to be a fabricator. I used to work on actual race cars. You know, I did it for so long. I used to weld and cut and I actually built my own race car. So I was involved with that for, for a long time. I started with off-road I moved into drag racing, then track, then drift. So that was my thing. So I kind of like know how the systems work, what kind of hoses you use for these, where will you route them, the wiring, how it does, you know, how it needs to be done. So when I built the, the Opel truck, I'm like, okay, so if this was a heavy ass truck, you know, because actually in Europe, they have a championship. It's called a semi something tr uh, race truck championship they race semis and the cool thing about racing is that you know you have to make whatever you have in front of you like beat physics and, and make it lightweight powerful so make it turn it has to stop all these things right so when i was building this opal truck i was like uh bringing all that data into the truck like okay suspension needs to be like this this needs to be like that so when i buy my aftermarket you know like uh wiring and all that stuff i kind of like pick what i what i need from different cars or or actually you know the 
Microscale and all those little brands that that kind of like sell you, you know, aftermarket detail stuff. That's cool. Damn, that's crazy, man. I never knew you had that that background, you know, with uh, cars. Because you know, on your Instagram, all we see is like the model building side. But that, that's <laughs> so that's so interesting, and it's it's uh it's good to have that experience and knowledge, especially because it's you know it gives you definitely a big advantage of of the knowledge when it comes down to like selecting what you need for that build. Correct, correct. Yeah, every every build that I make of a, of a race car, I when I'm doing my research or my you know my background check on on what I'm building. I know, for example, if it's drag racing, I know how the setup is. If it's track, I know they need to add this, 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 and that, internal controllers. And, you know, you don't need to know in order to build anything. I I keep seeing a bunch of cars that are like, oh, I would have done this, I would have done that. But that's the thing. That's how I would have built a real race car, you know? So, it, it's yeah, it, it's cool to be able to bring that into scale modeling and something that i do all the time i try to tell people hey as much as you want ask me i i'm happy to help always yeah that's awesome man i uh, i appreciate that you do that you know one of the uh things i wanted to bring up too was on like a quote that you had from one of your posts and and like when i read that i was like dude he's so right when the quote reads patience and planning can you elaborate on that more for us? Uh, what's your like uh, thought thought on that on patience? Like, how is that important for you? Patience and planning. So, I think the best way to describe this it's if you go back to the Opel truck and scale modeling. I think you know. I'm I'm pretty sure you with all your builds. There's a point where you you know you get all excited. Oh, I'm gonna start this. And blah, blah, blah. So you open the box and then you start cutting. You have all this excitement and all this energy, right? And little by little, you know, you encounter these. It gets, uh, the monotony comes around. So you're like, uh, you kind of like want to finish and and start something new already, right? Yeah. (laughs) So what I mean by, you know, and and all modelers, I think it happens to everyone. We kind of like lose interest in what we're building and you want to start something else. So by patience, Dude, even us, we have a lot of patience with building these little things, but it's even a test for us. Like what I was saying at the beginning, you know, when you push yourself, for example, these the detailing on the Opel, I've tried detailing, but when I started building the, the Opel truck, I thought, you know, how far can I take this? Like if I test my own patience, how how long am I willing to sit here and do wire by wire, do I, I do decals on wires. So, you know, it's that kind of, of of patience that I'm talking about. In planning, I always do a lot of research. Um, I think the more research you do, the more inspired you get. So you can tackle, a, 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 you know, a model better. Um, I'm, used, I'm big into modifying models. So I use, I, you know, I look at different pictures and, whether it's military or cars, I'm, I get excited looking at the car racing or, you know, it won this track or, you know, all this stuff. So you get excited. So that's part of your planning. Yeah, man, that's nice. Yeah, you know, and, and I could see the that part of when you're doing the research, how important it is. I've 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 done that where I've gotten excited. I start working on a build 
and I'm already, it's already like primered and I'm already like laying the paint, like the first base coat. But yes. then um, I just, oh, let me go on Google and let me look up this car that I'm working on. And I start to see one-on-one scale cars that mm-hmm. are like custom and they have this and that. And I'm just looking at it being like, wow, I, I should have just waited. I should have like <laughs> modified, attempted to do this or that. Especially there was a period when I was working on like uh, Mercury's. Uh-huh. Uh, and a lot of those are like custom, like lead sleds. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this and that. And I thought the way I had it was like, all right, this is cool. I'm the happy best, with this. Yeah. And nah, dude, I started, you know, it gets crazy, like the deeper you go. And But it was like too late. And I was like, all right, next time I got to do more research before I jump the gun and get started on it, you know? Exactly. And that's what I mean. You know, every build you make, it doesn't mean that you need to learn something about building. Now you learn something about planning. And then you learn something about, you know, strategizing or or learn something about patience. You always learn when you build. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, you know, you say that because I still remember like, you know, when I was getting started, like the first thing, it's like you want to learn how to put the car together and everything. And And the challenge is is kind of in the very beginning is to use all the pieces from the kit. And I still remember those early days, like having like three pieces that were like left that went in the engine that for Uh some reason I just couldn't fit them or just wouldn't go and, and I wouldn't put them on and, you know, nobody can know, but myself and it kind of bothered me that I didn't put those final pieces on the model. But, but that was kind of the thing like, all right, on the next one I build, I'm going to make sure it has them all in there. (laughs) I'll be more careful. (laughs) Yeah. And then once they were all in the next thing that was kind of the issue or like, or or I wasn't satisfied. What I want to learn was like painting because it was all rattle canned. And, you know, that took a while to kind of, you know, so there's always like these like challenges and like, or steps along the, the journey, you know? And I feel like, you know, once you once you feel like, okay, I kind of I'm checking these off the list. Now you start reaching that like that patience level. Right. And the planning levels now yes. it starts to like I mean, you never stop learning, but you're now on this like other uh, level of like, all right, I got all these skills now, but and I'm, I'm still wanting to gather more skills. But it's like Correct. I need to find a way to format myself. How am I going to execute this now? And, you know, that's interesting. Going back to, to the beginning, you know, I was telling you, for example, let's say you jump and build a, let's say, a plane or a ship or even a, a something that you're out of your comfort zone. So now when you build that, dude, you need to reconfigure your brain because you're used to the same pattern, same pattern. And that's that's one thing, you know, once you you do something so many times, you get good at it, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, you get good at repeating something. You do not get good at, at for example, strategizing, planning, or actually taking a different route and reacting to things. And that's in pretty much life. So when you're building models, for example, let's say you challenge yourself to, for an, to another model. Let's say build a helicopter. It's completely different. It starts different. The way you mask it, the way you paint it, the way you need to to assemble it, it's, it it takes you out of your comfort zone, and and you know it gives you more ideas. Like oh, 
I never thought about doing this thing on cars. Now I know. But if you wouldn't have touched another model, it wouldn't have given you the idea, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, when I see your models, dude, uh, you know, I see them at like a high level of, of a build, like really, really high <laughs> level. You. And I think a lot of people would say the same, especially us living in Southern California, that we're lucky enough to attend these shows to see your cars on display. Mm -hmm. I think everyone who gets that opportunity to be there in person or the other places you've traveled to, you know, they're, they're tripping out. They're like, wow. Be <laughs> like that level that you're at right now with your current builds, like the presentations you've done with these cars. Um, when would you say, like, before you got to that point, like, was there a, a, a point that you ever thought, like, like you weren't sure if you would ever be at that level? Like, was, when was, I want, kind of want to know when's the turning point when you realize, man, I'm doing it, you know? <laughs> you know what? Uh, that's a, that's actually an interesting question. And not, I didn't think about it this way. Now that you asked the question and, and the way you asked it is making me think. And to be honest, dude, like, I am not, at the level I will want to be, you know, I think it's mostly us modelers. We're never satisfied. For example, your last build, I'm a hundred percent sure that you're like, Oh, I could have done this better. Next time I'm going to do this, this way. <laughs> like you said, there's always a challenge yeah. on, on your last build, you know, and you're never satisfied. Like you can say, oh, okay, it's badass. Oh, wow. I'm proud of myself. But then you build the next one, you're like, wow, what a piece of crap, you know, <laughs> because your latest model will be your, your, the, the joint or the, or the, you know, the, the group of all your experiences and all these things that you've been thinking. Um, at the level that I am, th I appreciate it. I'm, I'm humbled by, by, by all your words and thank you for your kind words. But I, I think I need to do better and, and challenge myself even more. Every every build that I do, I get into something crazy. My last build was that Mercedes-Benz uh, tow truck. Yes, I, I have that one listed on. I wanted to bring that up. Good thing you did. That one explained <laughs> because, I mean, the photos you you posted after like the show when you brought it at SoCal Open, you know, there was like scratch building, a lot, a lot of different things that were involved. On yes. That. And uh, how, how did this idea or like thing come to light when you felt like, all right, this is it. I'm going to go forward with this. So there is a picture. It was a it was a picture running around Internet. Uh, some uh, one of those. Uh, how are these called? Uh, those uh, pictures that they do digitally render. There was a render going around of a it, the the truck is called a Kamas. it's a russian truck and again it's like a military truck so the this Kamas is completely dropped big wheels the whole thing and it's sponsored by monster and russia also produced these cars named ladas l-a-d-a is these tiny little square cars and there's a lada on top Dude, completely built like a race car, you know, souped up and wing and dropped and tires. And it looked, both of them are sponsored by Monster. So these pictures are amazing. I saw that. I was like, I love this truck. The whole concept of a dropped tow truck and the whole thing. So that inspired me. And I'm like, what do I have in my, in my stash that I can kind of like bring and, and do something similar? 
So I found that Mercedes Benz, that the, the ones that I brought or the one that I use is called an Actros. It's a really, really, really tall um, semi. So I started thinking, how can I make it look slick, you know, looking shorter and dropped and mean? So that's kind of like how it started. Now, the reason why I did so much uh, scratch build is to, to make a look like the actual, you know, tow truck from, from that rendering. It looks completely like a race style and it looks really cool. And the challenge with that build is that, you know, the bed extends. I did a, a system where the bed comes out of the tail and it drops the bed because it, it, it's towing a race car. Race cars are super low. So, you know, if the angle is too tilted, the race car will never make it. So it still drops even more. So it, it was a bunch of, you know, mechanicals that I started <laughs> adding on that thing. Yeah, man, that's so cool. But yeah, there, there's like just so much detail, like inside the cab, um, you know, the, where the engine is and a lot of like water slide. Where do you, you know, are, are you printing your own like uh, water slide decals? No, you know, every time I go to, um, like you were saying, every time I go around vendors, I see what they have and I grab everything I see. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good a good way to, to do it because you, you, it's Definitely. like you have to stockpile on it, you know, for future builds. Exactly. So the way you do it, uh, you know, they're called liveries, uh, race cars. The, the livery is the whole layout, you know, of the colors, uh, what's the sponsorship the whole thing so i used to work also on on the race cars and drift cars on deliveries thing you know um oh we're going to be sponsored by this company let's work with the logo let's make let's throw some colors so i used to work on that as well on the designing you know aspect of a race car so when i'm building you know the opal truck it doesn't exist so i kind of like lay out the colors of opal um i used the 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 decals from another model and stuff like that you know i kind of like snatched from all over the place yeah because it looked really good you you had one of those uh amg gt3 on top yes the amg gt3 correct dude that looked dope and um <laughs> when, when you were done with it did you take a shot of jagermeister no? no i haven't <laughs> i still have to, to celebrate it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they'll like it Damn, that's cool, man. I mean, that's such an awesome build, like, together. I hope you still, you know, continue to bring that one out to, like, oh, shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, so people, I will. Do you ever do that, like, like retire builds where you go, all right, I'm no longer going to be bringing this out. Is this going to stay at home? Yeah, you know, I try to do a tour. I try to do a one-year tour where, you know, for example, SoCal Open. If I begin at SoCal Open, that'll be my first show. And then I try to hit every single show after that once you know i close the cycle i'm retired i nothing against that but you know i've, I've been to shows for years and i keep seeing the same models so you know it's it's that's another part of a challenge uh you know us we have to go through life we have work some of you know kids families all that stuff so it's a challenge to actually sit and build and it it's awesome when you can go to shows and you see new stuff, you know? Yeah, it is. And you're right. It is it is like the the challenge because you know, you you do the, the tour, people see it, and you know, once it's done, I mean you could later you can always showcase it online. 
But then again, Correct. it's like you're back to the drawing board, prepping the next item, you know, for the next event. And when you um, participate in other model shows, are you just entering cars or are you just also at the same time entering like military and the aircraft as well, mm -hmm. all in one show? Yes, yes. I enter all these different categories. Um, I actually build a, <laughs> this was previously, speaking about, you know, going back to the planes, I built a plane. <laughs> this is a, a, a funny story. So this plane, the Germans build it. It's like a bomber and they added like a, it looks like a ladder. It's a little structure on top and they placed another small fighter on top. So it's one plane on one plane on top of the other, right? Um, it's an old idea, blah blah, from the war, etc. But the biggest scale that they make it at, it's a 148. And again, my scale is bigger, so it's 132nd. So I grab, you know, different kits, I build it, blah blah blah. It's called a mistle. So I finished it, and I go to Best of the West in Vegas. That's the first show I ever went with that plane. So I'm walking in and everyone's like, oh, you know, it looks cool. So I'm walking and I'm going, I'm looking for the, for my area, right? 132nd, propeller, blah, blah, blah. And one of the, the judges is like, no, 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 148 is in that table. I'm like, I know, thank you. Okay, go to that table. I'm like, no, I'm going to place it here. Dude, 148 is there. Like he was getting mad. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. And then he goes, oh, no way. I'm like, yeah, I build it myself. You know, it's, it's not a kid because he's like, dude, that kid doesn't exist. I'm like, I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> that that's the out? whole thing. And he was getting, <laughs> you know, upset. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I always, I always, you know, enter in different categories. Yeah, that's cool. And as far as like, you know, do I'm I'm assuming you're driving, right? From Van Nuys all the way to Vegas? Yes. Because you're carrying all this stuff. Um, are you is it taking up like a lot of space in the car or are you going like, you know, with some friends or by yourself? I was able to handle it until now that I'm building this monster. I that's another challenge. After I finish the plane, I have to build a base to transport it. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's 47 inches wide. So imagine the trunk. It doesn't even oh, fit in man. the trunk. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's so. a trip, man. That's so interesting. <laughs> and as far as um, like that show, how many times have you attended that show in Vegas? Uh, that show in Vegas, I've done it. I did the first Best in the West before COVID. Then everything stopped. And they were like, we're going to bring it back. And no, you know, it got canceled. And it was on and off. Then they canceled the, the the one that I actually went. They canceled Best of the West and they made it the Nationals. So it was pretty much historic because it was the first Nationals after a pandemic. So that has never, ever happened. So all these people had all this time. At that Nationals, dude, it was uh, like 4,300 models, something like that. Wow. And this it is was huge. going down like on a day or a weekend? Uh, it was like five, four days. Oh, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, you could go and walk. I mean, it was way too big to, to do it in one weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're there yeah. for, for like five days, like just checking out the whole thing. Exactly. Uh, exactly. How, how is that feeling? Like, is it overwhelming or is it kind of like, 
Oh, like, man, this is too much. Like, these are so it's, many days. No, it's beautiful. You get tired, but you cannot stop looking at, you know, models. And and especially, you know, when you think about it, it's the nationals. So people go with their best of the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're trying to kill it, you know? So you see gorgeous models. Man, that's crazy. I'm sure, you know, you know, it's like, I feel like I only, like, I'm scratching the surface with knowing like the modelers here in Southern California, some, some in other States, but through like Instagram. Right. And I just, I just know for sure there's like other modelers that are like on this crazy level who aren't even on the internet. Like people might post about them, but they don't even post. They're just so deep into their craft. And, and it's like, they come out to these shows and if anything, they're just like, like that celebrity at the show, you know, busting out. Speaking about that, you know, you were asking me about uh, at the level that, that I am, and I'm when I go to those shows, you see professionals. I met this guy in Vegas. It's this, you know, uh, older gentleman. Um, I was like, "How is it that you you need a you need a shopping cart just to go, you know, get your awards?" He wouldn't sit down. He will collect like fifteen awards in one show. I was like. What is wrong with this? Like, oh, he, he's very humble. He used to work for Hollywood. He was, uh, you know, making all these dioramas for, for movies and all this stuff. I'm like, that's your trick. That's cheating. <laughs> you know, he will laugh. <laughs> and he's like, and, and I'm going to tell you a secret, but don't tell anybody. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm colorblind. I'm mm. like, no, you, you got to be, you got to be kidding me. The wife was there and, and the wife was like, yeah. Every single time he starts a project, we have to sit in front of the computer for like three days. So he, for example, you know, he's building a diorama of the war. So he brings out a a certain tank and he goes like, okay, what is this color? That's like a brown, blah, 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 blah. And, And he brings all his browns and he's like, point the one that this color is. I'm like, is that how you build? And he said, yeah. Yeah. His wife has to pick the colors for him. Oh, wow. So it's like a, so, a, like a team right there. Yeah. And he labels everything and, and then he paints. And dude, his builds are immaculate. They're amazing. Wow. That's interesting. I wish it's, I could see that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> if, if we're ever at a show and the guys are, I'll present them to you. Yeah. I would love to meet them for sure. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's so crazy. So, yeah. man, I, I, I'm already, like, visualizing that, like, that team, like, that going on. And, you know, I'm assuming he's probably already retired and he has the time. So this is, this is like, what keeps him busy for sure. Yeah, definitely. He loves that, you know. We, we love this thing, dude. We love this hobby. Yeah, you know, um, that was another question I wanted to bring up. Like, just having, you know, so much love for building, did you ever at some point, like, Stop building, or have you always been kind of building since you started at a young age? Yeah, no, I stopped. So when I started, it was like I was like around 14. So, you know, I bought my first one, I liked it, and I started and kept building more. When I was around 17, 18, I started, you know, going to university. I'm, I'm from Guatemala, actually. So it was back then, you know, back there also. So I started, you know, going to school and all this stuff. So I kind of like stopped. Then I came to live here in the U.S. Um, 
this is part of like my my story you know the reason why i actually started in modeling again and the reason why i stopped working on race cars i went through cancer back in 2015 i got diagnosed you know i was working on i was kind of like near opening my own shop and i had all these people waiting for me for race cars and teams and all that stuff and everything came to a stop you know Dang. your your life can change in a second dude yeah so that made me stop working on on cars and it put me out i went through you know the whole uh chemotherapy stuff and this and it put me down um i was sitting in my room like what do i do now i can't do dude i would wait uh, stand up go to the bathroom, come back and be near passing out. It was like, it was like super weak. So I thought I need to sit all day long. What do I do? I'm like, oh, I'm going to bring modeling back. So I bought my first model. My brother actually did. And that's how I started uh, Scale Freaks. So Scale Freaks was this page on Instagram where I started uh, posting my, my bills. You know, I'm like, let's, because I didn't even know about all this huge building community. Remember, I haven't built a model since I was 17. Yeah. And now I'm in the US. I lost track of everything. So I started posting models. And little by little, one guy, oh, I built this too. Oh, I built this. That. So I started posting everyone's work. Because I noticed that some pages, oh, you have to have certain level in order to Otherwise, they they reject your models. I'm like, that's mean. Yeah, we love damn. that. You know, yeah. There's a lot of pages like that. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going as long as you love this hobby, I'll post your work. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started getting big. And then I started the YouTube channel. But you know, that was the whole history behind how I came back to the modeling. Man, that's crazy, man. I'm I'm sorry to hear about that. About you know you going <laughs> through that. You. I, I did not know about that and you know and also thank you for for you know letting us know like because it's really hard to open up and you know to talk about stuff like that and i hope you're doing a lot better now you know um but you're right life it, it, it changes dude like yeah it's yeah. it's uh it's definitely like a scary thing but i am happy that the modeling has helped you know bring you back like you know what i mean like keeping you busy and doing stuff because it is it is a terrifying thing and if like like think about it, like if you don't have any hobbies or things going on it's almost like you're letting that take over especially your oh, mind yeah. thinking about it you're um, so right so much you know when um i was watching a, a clip from your youtube channel the scale freaks there mm -hmm. was a, a section in there where you're showing an engine and um there is something that you say on there that um you quote, I'm going to quote you on there saying, uh, treat each part as if it was its own model. Correct. And, you know, it's such a trip, bro, that when I clicked it and I'm, I'm watching it and it's like, it, it's somewhere probably like in the beginning or quarter of the video. And you say mm -hmm. that, and I, I don't know, I, I like hearing things like that. Like it just like, <laughs> it stands out to me, you know? And I was Correct. like, man, like, you know, he, he makes so much sense on that. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like we either don't hear it, but we need to hear it because, you know, we focus so much on the bigger pieces of a model. Correct. And then when it comes down to some small areas or certain areas where 
we probably feel like, well, no one's going to see this or, exactly. or anything. We kind of, um, like don't pay too much attention to that area or give it too much of a focus that we overlook it and we're like, whatever. And then, you know, we're not challenging ourselves either. Exactly. So that, that was cool that you said that and you said it on video as you're showing, you know, the, uh, the engine in there. And, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, it, it's, um, like, I mean, I, I know you're into detail and all that, but when for you was it when your focus started to change like that, like as part of that challenge of wanting to treat each part as its own model? So it's, it's a good, uh, it's a good way to that, how you're bringing that quote, because for example, when I build, I, I tell, I tell modelers and, and I actually did a, an interview with one of the magazines and Mr. John, the guy from Vegas, Mr. John was like, so Daniel, you know, how is it that you do this? How, how did you become such a good modeler? And I'm like, I am not. And, and I, I told him, John, think about it. We do not become good modelers. We become good liars. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, think about it. We, the, the, the better our models look, it's because we became good at lying to everyone's eye. That is not an engine. That is not metal. That is not, you know, a tire. It's just plastic. So the better you get at lying to the eye, the better your model will look. Dang. And he's like, holy shit, I've never thought about that. I'm like, exactly. So when you change your perspective on things, things begin to change. You were you, you mentioned something that that is actually I, I identify a lot with that. And I remember a quote. I think it was from Henry Ford. He said the what is it? Something about perfection, you know. The meaning of perfection is doing things right when nobody's looking. Or mm. excellence. It's about excellence. So think uh, also bring that to modeling, you know. You just said it. Oh, nobody's going to look here. But I know and my habit is of always making things better and better and better. So, you know, uh, excellence is not a, it's not an action. It's a habit. You have to every model you build, the, the more you push yourself, it becomes a habit becoming better, becoming better, becoming better. So that's how you, you know, create your whole uh, new era of, of, of growing in modeling. Yeah, man, you just blew my mind right now by saying about <laughs> lying to the eye. Yes. It's, it's such a trip because, you know, it's like we look at, for example, carbon fiber decals mm -hmm. on, on pieces of a model or the, the whole car. And it does to our eyes give us that illusion that yes. this car is it, it, that's real carbon fiber. Correct. The way it's presented. But in reality, it's it's a decal. And it's plastic. What's underneath? Correct. But man, it's such a trip. I never, I never uh, thought about it that way. <laughs> exactly. You know. So that's that's what I. You know, when we were talking about anything in life, dude, you can bring into something else. For example, scale modeling, even a quote like you said. You know, and 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 that's what I noticed. I'm like, I'm not building anything. I'm just pretending that this plastic is metal. Is this? Is that? And look at the carbon fiber. 
and by the way, you know, the carbon fiber that, that we put in, in scale models, it's uh, a resemblance of the cute, I always call it cute carbon fiber, because, for example, you see carbon fiber in, in, in cars out there, right, on the street. It's shiny, it's glossy, and it looks cute. But real carbon fiber looks like crap. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you see real race cars, for example, Formula Ones, or even jet fighters or anything aerospace, carbon fiber, dude, it looks dull, it looks all messed up because they don't worry about aesthetics. It has to be functional and lightweight and strong. Yeah. So they don't worry about making it nice and shiny. No, they just throw it in there and it has to perform a function, not look cute. <laughs> so so that's the cool thing you know even even in my cars carbon i add carbon fiber and i'm like if i'm adding it or on any surface which is inside the engine they don't care about it it looks like crap so i paint it flat scratch you know stuff like that man it's crazy <laughs> it's so funny uh, I, I like i like the, what you're saying you know your perspective on things it's just i never thought about it and it makes so much sense it's like what you're talking about you know seeing a car with carbon fiber it looks cute right and yeah. then you know and it's so funny you bring that up because once in a while i'll see an ad for like buy a carbon fiber wallet or a phone case oh, I know. And, and it's like all right here we go <laughs> you know that's definitely going to be cute you know yeah and, yeah all and, these vinyl stuff yeah and it's more for the look it's not really for yeah. the functionality you know correct the, <laughs> correct correct yeah that's that's so funny right there i remember seeing like a video of um of like cars that were drifting in in the mountains in japan and mm -hmm. and they were working on on this like uh corolla car and they were saying that i guess they put carbon they use carbon fiber doors on that car mm -hmm. but then the driver said nah like i don't i don't want that because he he was he was trying to i guess the weight or just he was trying to dial it in the proper way uh -huh. for him to be drifting and he, he he felt like even though for the sides for be a little bit lighter it was still uh -huh. throwing him off that it wasn't oh, wow and you know it, it's like how you're saying you know what you said earlier when they're using the carbon fiber it's it's for for the lightweight for the performance it's not Correct. necessarily for the looks Correct. you know and and it's almost like ideal with this guy he didn't care for the looks of it it was more you know what what he wanted to feel to dial in what he wanted exactly um but yeah man it's it's such a trip you know because yeah. you know it's like right now you know I, i'm working on uh i'm working on like a few builds but one of uh -huh. them is a Liberty Walk um, Lamborghini, and nice. and I was like, all right, I'm gonna add uh, carbon fiber to the hood and already put it on, and uh -huh. then and that was at first I was like, that's all I'm gonna do, just carbon because I had never done it before, and I was excited to try it, right? And uh -huh. then after that, I was like, all right, I want to challenge myself. I want to start doing the like the, all the little accent like pieces, the side view mirrors, you know. Um, like exterior pieces, but at the same, yes. but at the same time, it's, it's not really necessarily like performance because I'm not really like too aware, you know, I've never been <laughs> in a Lambo before, but if anything, it's, <laughs> okay. it's more like a fantasy, right? Like, oh, yeah. I, like I'm it's looking, a show car. Yeah. I'm looking at it like, yeah. oh man, you know, and it, it's such a trip because I really like the way it's like laid out. 
But now when I see it, I'm going to be like, oh, man, it's such a cute car. It's a cute. I should put a little bow on it. (laughs) Have you, now that you're building a Liberty Walk, I, you know, Mm -hmm. when I used to, to be working on race cars and, and I, I actually was working with a shop in Huntington Beach. They used to work on exotics. So there's this manufacturer of uh, rims here in, uh, they were in Huntington Beach. I don't know if they moved, uh, Rotiform. They sell a lot of, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've come across scale models uh, and then the aftermarket rims resembling Rotiforms for Volkswagens and Europeans mostly. So I went to visit the shop and you said, you know, a, a Lambo uh, Liberty Walk. Liberty Walk is this kit, right? This body kit. They yes. range from like, 10 to 25 grand one kid dude crazy right <laughs> i i entered this shop and there's a guy dude with a sawzall just cutting the crap out of a brand new ferrari it was a 458 italia and he's cutting the fenders dude with a sawzall and i'm like what are you doing like Dang. it's dude it's Pretty near the three hundred thousand dollar car, you know, special mm-hmm. edition and all. And the guy's just chopping the finish. He's like, oh, we're adding a a. Uh, it was um, it wasn't a Liberty Walk. It was a Rocket Bunny. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like the competition from Liberty oh, Walk. Yes. It was uh-huh. a Rocket Bunny kit. I'm like, but why? It's like we're taking it to SEMA. Have you heard about SEMA? I have. Okay, so SEMA, there you can grab, yeah, Mm -hmm. all these cars, you know, beautiful show cars, gorgeous show cars, that kind of like the one you're building, the Lambo, you know, Liberty Walk. SEMA, that it's flooded with planes. They're not even cars. They're like planes. They're like spaces. (laughs) They're gorgeous. Damn, I I got to go there uh, one year. I think, I don't know if it was, uh, it was definitely before COVID. It might have been 2018, Mm -hmm. 2019. Okay. And um I wada um I mean they're always there uh with their with their tool airbrushing and and uh spray gun tools. Nice, nice. And um one of the guys that that was there uh, a representative of Iwata, Armando mm-hmm. Serrano um had connected with Armando Flores to collab okay. to do like a a model car presentation. Uh-huh. And um and and I helped with part of part of that uh presentation. And, That's I, awesome. and that was that opportunity that I was able to go. I had never gone before, you know, it was like first time. So being there, I went there with my fiance mm-hmm. and I mean, I didn't know really what to expect. I always heard, you know, you're going to see something crazy. It's yes. like every year it's wild. You know, companies are, are like showcasing, busting out and they have these like crazy budgets to like mm-hmm. produce these cars. Oh, so... Yeah. You know, like we get there, we set up and everything. And the the first day when I got there, they were just setting up. So you, you don't really, you can't really just be walking. You kind of can, but they're not, they're not done setting up. Everyone's just busy moving stuff, setting up. Yeah. So finally, yeah. like, I guess like the their opening day, just checking that out. I was like just tripping out, you know, seeing, you know, all the different styles of cars, customizations yes. and it's beautiful it's beautiful and dude it's there's a lot of people and it's like a long yeah. a long walk too i know you ha- you need days to walk that thing yeah dude ha- ha- do you like did you go a lot back in the day like a lot of the times or 
Yeah. So when I was, and that's another, uh, you know, interesting fact, people think that they can just go to CIMA. You cannot go. You need to be invited. You need to go in with a company. It's not like a, like a free for the public walk-in. It's an industry show. So like you mentioned, you know, you went with like Wada or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was my... So they have to get you in. Exactly. <laughs> you cannot just walk in. And, um, but dude, yeah, with, with SEMA, I actually worked on like two, I, I was very, very, very close to getting my real race car. Uh, I have a BMW. I swapped uh, the engine. I took out the engine and I put a V8 with a turbo and roll case, like the whole thing, a, a drift car. And one of my friends, he's promoting his, his, uh, body kits um not like liberty walk not as good as those because he does drifting so his kids were always going to be you know hitting walls hitting other cars so they have to be strong and he was like dude let me throw a kit on your car please let me take you to sema i'm like it's all yours but then he was like oh you need to pay for the tow truck you need to i'm like i'm gonna pay like (laughs) almost five grand just to get my car there and prepare it just for you to display it yeah well, you know, so, but it's a, it's a nice show. Definitely. You know, regardless, it's a really nice show. Yeah. I, I was uh, like, after that show went down, I was just thinking like, it's one of those shows where, like you said, you know, not anybody could get in because it's an industry exactly. show that I was like, I don't know how, how I'll ever be able to get back in here again, like in the future. Cause hey, you know, know what, if... now that you're, you're, bringing this up let's let's kind of like collaborate we'll bring some scale models in there and find a way to get in there you know like yeah. something cool yeah you never know i mean i wonder yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure there could be a, a company that would be like maybe maybe it'll be bmw or mercedes yeah right? yeah something like that you know you never know let's start doing the networking <laughs> yeah because I mean, aside from companies, I would imagine there would probably be even like uh, like reporters or like people involved in like magazine field or me or or like just multimedia online reporting Correct. on on things or blogs or whatever. Um, but man, that that's crazy. I was in. A, is uh, what's your favorite car? I I think I already know the answer, but I want to know as far as a brand, like what is <laughs> your, your favorite cars? So my dream car is the R8, the Audi R8. Ooh. I am uh, I am big in um, Le Mans, Le Mans. So the the cool thing about the racing in Le Mans is that manufacturers racing endurance in order to to test their technologies. So the highest of the highest of the highest technologies of racing, you will see it in Formula One and and in endurance racing. For example, you know, formula cars, they're the fastest cars on the planet, right? That can go around the track. Le Mans cars are like maybe like 10 miles lower, 10 miles an hour slower, but they can go for 24 hours nonstop. So imagine the technology to to do that. And dude, they're exceeding 250 miles an hour. So it's not slow cars. So that's crazy. Exactly. So Audi was one of the manufacturers. Porsche has has the the records of of wins at Le Mans. And German cars, they're really big in technology. They're always pushing and pushing and pushing the limits. And Audi has been one of the pioneers of uh, of technology. 
So, for example, the R8, dude, the suspension is magnetic suspension. That thing is sitting on, on electromagnetism. <laughs> and it, that's all the kind of crazy stuff they implement. So that's that's my dream car. So, you know, whenever you have someone uh, selling you one, I'll be like, hey, I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. So the, yeah. so the Le Mans is uh, 24 hours of a race? Yes. And so Le Mans belongs to, to WEC. It's called World Endurance Championship. There's many different races, and Le Mans is one of them. And as far as like the drivers, are they, are they rotating drivers, or is it just the same uh, driver? Yeah, no, they have to rotate. Um, back in the day, they allow them to, to try, you know, to do the whole race. Now they rotate. I think the most that they can go is four hours. So then another one has to jump in, and that dude needs to go to to sleep, and they they force him to rest. The the you know the concentration, the pressure is so big that they can kill themselves or kill someone, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like falling asleep, or you know, yeah, man, that's that's such a trip to be like seeing that, you know, like being a driver. And experiencing that, I wonder how that the body feels hitting like oh. 200 miles an hour and higher. Oh yeah, it's it's insane. It's another level of racing. Yeah, <laughs> man. And you know, one one question that I like to bring up to model builders is like, out of all the the models that you built, um, is there a part in modeling that you kind of dislike or that you're kind of like, oh, I kind of dread doing this part, but we gotta fight through it. We gotta get through it. Yes, always cleaning parts, <laughs> cutting them, cleaning them, those seam lines, and that—that's the part that I'm like. Oh. Especially, for example, um, one day I, I promise you, you'll build a tank. At least one, you know, you will give it a try. When you there's a individual track links, so the whole track is made by individual links. You have to cut like. Every single track, every single clean it, and dude, it takes you weeks. <laughs> it's very annoying. Man, that's crazy. And yeah, as as far as um, you know, I have not yet built a uh, new new model kit. Uh -huh. I, but I wanted to ask you, what's uh, your your opinion, uh, or what what do you think about those model kits from new new? They they're pretty good they are not you know people okay let's call this standard you know tamiya people think that if it's not a tamiya it's a bad kit i have a uh, philosophy it's not the kit is the modeler um i have come across bad kits really really bad kits heller for example is one of the brands i don't know if you ever heard about that brand it's from france yes uh, dude, I try to stay away. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, sometimes not any other manufacturer makes the car that you want. So you have to go with that brand. So Nuno Platz, not only they're making awesome cars. Dude, by the way, I noticed I have to order a couple of cars from you, the BMWs and all that Nuno Platz that you were bringing. <laughs> but they they are actually really, really nice kits. They they fit pretty well, and the detail is not bad. So I, I really like that brand. To me, it totally recommended. Yeah, because it, 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 I mean, it looks cool. Like I, I've seen, you know, some cars built. And even just uh, like I peeked in one of the boxes, I was looking at the 
at the body and everything. I was going like, man, these look interesting. You know, just the the way they look. And then I see that they also offer like the PE set uh-huh. as well. And I was talking to a friend about that. And my friend was saying like, man, like I love model cars, you know, especially when they offer the PE set. But it was just funny. He was just saying like, man, if, if I had to build a model and when I get down to the PE set, I think that's for me to just stop building, like, because <laughs> it just seems like a mission to do oh, all that yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, it is. Man, There's where you test your patience. Mm-hmm. Man, th- there you go. I, I got to, I gotta have, uh, like, have that in my head now. Whenever I'm going to do something that I just know, you know, I'm either not going to be liking it at first or it's going to be a long road, but I have to test my patience. You know, now that you mentioned Nunuplatz, um, at the last uh, SoCal Open, I believe, I think you took pictures of a few of the cars that I brought. There was a BMW that on one side is white. It has stripes in the center and the other side is flat black. Yes. It, you uh, you added like a, a white body kit. Yes. There, right? Yes. That's a Nunu uh, kit. Dude, I look clean. Yeah. I mean, uh, that stood out to me. Um, one question for you. When, when you put yes. the, the white body... You know, like mm-hmm. fenders on the side, you, you know, you're making them your own. Are you using putty or glue to kind of create that smoothness to bl- blend that in like a mold? <laughs> it's a whole process. So I begin, you know, for example, I measure the tire. I always start with, okay, how wide I want the tire out. Because sometimes too wide, they look weird. And too little, why do it? It doesn't even look like it's a wide body. So you kind of like play with how far you want the tire out, right? Then, you know, the styrene, I call, I cut like a, like a strip and I put it like on top of the tire, like around the fender. I don't know if I'm explaining myself right. As if you were wrapping the tire mm-hmm. okay. and then you glue the styrene. So the styrene will be sticking out of the car, you know? Yeah. So now that what I do, because styrene, if you think about it, it's just a very thin line that's glued to the body. I use um, JB Weld, very, very thin, a very thin, um, like a layer of JB Weld in between the body and the styrene. So that holds it, you know, like a rock. Then my next step, the one that I actually mold and I use my fingers and tools and a lot of water is milliput. Mm. Have you ever used milliput? I have in the in the past, I have. And, you know... You brought up the what was the name of the the other glue the weld JB weld JB weld is that yes. an orange label that's on the bottle and it has like a little a brush or no JB weld is these two little tubes you know oh. the Tamiya the Tamiya putty right the white putty mm-hmm. so it looks like two of those little like tubes okay. one is uh, black and the other one's red. So it's a compound. It's, it's this a sticky, you know, thing of a compound. You mix two together, then it hardens like rock. Once that thing is solid, you're not moving it from there. Dang, yeah, it's it. It's in place. Yeah, JV Well, okay. that's I use very little, of course, you know, because it's way too aggressive. So mm-hmm. I use it and then milliput on top. Milliput, as you've used it, you know, you mold it with water. You can get a very fine you know, texture at the end, uh, finish. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I use Tamiya putty just to kind of like polish the, the very end. 
Yeah, man, that's cool. That's an interesting process. I remember the uh, the Milliput, the first time I saw it in use on a video on YouTube was uh, somebody creating, um, I don't know if they were like little, oh, like sandbags on a military yes, tank. Yes, 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 yes. And this guy was just showing you how he's doing them and then he was getting like a brush with water and just, you know, just shaping them and, and giving them their little texture the texture, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So I remember at that time, I um, I was building a lowrider cars, uh -huh. and I wanted to like customize some parts, like on the, for example, like do uh, a clean shave, like on the dashboard. So nice. I used some of the some of the milli putt to fill in the gauges <laughs> in <laughs> nice. other, other areas in there. Um, the glove compartment. You see, and... pushing your limits. There you go. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be crazy. Nah, <laughs> like just sanding away, you know? And, uh, but yeah, I was like, oh, cool, you know? And I remember seeing another friend of mine on Instagram during that time. Um, he was like um, creating an engine bay, like smooth, shaved. You know, mm -hmm. it was almost like you weren't going to see no cables, nothing. Just, nice. just, just an, uh, the illusion to the eye that an engine was going to run wireless. Exactly. <laughs> Bluetooth. Yeah. But at the time, it looked cool. We were like, I was like, yeah. dude, that looks, that looks dope. That's SEMA <laughs> stuff right there. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm going to say. Like, if someone ever, I'll be like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm doing a SEMA build. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's your excuse, you know? <laughs> Man, that's so funny. Have you ever uh, read the book, the um, the art of racing in the rain? No, I have not. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's not not the movie. I know, I know they did a a thing about the movie, but mm -hmm. I I read the book, and in the book, it's like a, a story, the perspective of a dog, like his his point of view. Like the dog's already old, and mm -hmm. he's just talking about his life. A, okay. how, how he lived with the owner and uh how the dog says that he's a good race car driver because his owner taught him how to race because his owner uh, and then it's crazy i just thought of this right now because i've read the book the mm -hmm. own the owner uh he he's a, a le mans driver nice and um and the reason why the dog says he's good is because like at times you know the the owner watches the rate he watches races and he talks to the dog about the races, and wow. and then the or or when he's gone doing the you know the races, he watches them on TV, so he kind of knows. So I don't know. Um, when I read the book, it, it was interesting. Um, it is. I, I'm uh, going to look for so it. The the art of racing in the rain, and um, <laughs> I know they made a movie of it. I didn't I haven't even seen the movie, and I was when I saw that. Oh, they made a movie of it. I was already thinking like. I don't know if I want to see it, you know, because I, like yeah, I like. I think it's gonna it's gonna mess up the the book. <laughs> yeah, I really like the book. I, yeah. was, I was like, oh, this book's dope, dude. I'm interested. Thank you. I yeah. will look for that definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I remember the dog's name was like Enzo. That was mm -hmm. the name of the dog, but yeah. Enzo. Enzo, yeah, E N Z O. Do you, do you know who Enzo is? Uh, no, I do not. The the owner, the guy who started Ferrari, his Ooh. name was Enzo. It was Enzo Ferrari. There you go. I had. A, I was gonna <laughs> say it, it probably has a connection to an owner of something with racing. Yeah, uh, Enzo Ferrari. So Crazy. he named the, the dog after after Mr. Enzo. There you go, man. <laughs> man, um, I don't. The thing is, 
it's like I, I've moved from and like I wasn't I was living in Oxnard most of my life and then I moved uh -huh. to like Port Wenimi, Ventura, um, and then over to Simi Valley for a bit, and then now I'm over here in the like Alhambra area. So throughout, oh, throughout, throughout the movie, and you know, I'm like, I was thinking around, where the hell did I put the book? Because it's somewhere. Or oh. I'll, you know, I gotta find it, man. I'll just give it to you. Like I don't. Oh, know. thank you. I Hopefully, I will read it. <laughs> Dude, it's it's. I don't know. It was a cool story. I re I read it um, a while back. You know, it's but, inspiring. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I just like it just clicked on me right now because you know we're having conversation about like Le Mans and all that, and I'm like, thinking, exactly. Like, you know, I I know you know, you know, I don't really watch too much uh, racing, but I'm uh -huh. like, where have I heard this? Where have I heard this? You know, and I mean, I know for a lot of probably listeners, they already know about this stuff. They probably watch it religiously too. You know, I don't know, but it's kind of cool though. Um, I, I like um, like hearing these stories and and everything that you're bringing up uh, with it. You know, um, have you have you thought about like, you know, when when you finish when the time comes when you finish this playing, like what's going to be next as far as like builds? Do you already have planned what's next for the remainder of this year or for next year? Yeah, you know, there is I always get. So, for example, we we as modelers and this is what I keep hearing from a lot of people. Oh, you know, I lost my inspiration. And now I know I don't know what to build or I'm feeling down about building anything, right? I have like a big stash of, of a lot of stuff. For example, with cars, I hit cars pretty hard. But once I got to, to a certain level, I'm like, I'm going to leave them alone and I'm going to move into something that I need another challenge. You know, I like challenges. And, 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 and I like to dominate my my fears and then he said oh what, what if i don't do it screw it you know jump and do it once you're in the water you need to swim yeah so going back to your question now there is a um there's a couple of stories about tank aces and airplane aces from from back in the war that i want to build it's like a con commemoration of uh, of a series of tanks and a series of planes that I want to to build. There's some, um, you know, the for example, in the war, uh, the the Germans were the bad guys, right? They were pretty much assholes. So there was a tanker that used to fight with with Germany, but he was against the Germans. You've seen all these movies, right? That people were trying to go against the Germans, and uh, Tom Cruise is in one of them. Oh yeah, and, I saw that one. I was trying to remember exactly, what, was, what was the name of that movie. Exactly. What? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I forgot the name, but, you know, he's this general that is trying to, to actually go against them, and he ends up, you know, dying. So this tanker, he was against, and, and you know, the Nazis were, kill, kill, kill. This guy was will stop his tank, help the enemy, stuff like that. And they were like, no, you're not supposed to do that. So he was such a rebel that pretty much the, the Germans erased all his story. So there's very little information about this guy. He was the best tanker, but because he wasn't following their their thing, they kind of like deleted his, his most of his victories from from history. So there's very little information, but you know it got out that he was an excellent. So I'm trying to build like tanks from some from someone like that, you know, going against the tyranny and all that stuff. I kind of like like that. Yeah, and um, oh yeah, the name of the movie was uh, Valkyrie. 
Yeah, Valkyrie. Valkyrie there, is the yeah. name of a song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is a code. You're right, Valkyrie. Dang, that's <laughs> that's a trip. Yeah, I um, yeah, it, it's interesting, you know, um, hearing about all this because I, I know it's, you know, model building to me, you know, it's 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 like a big like a big uh, like it's almost like a tree, let's say, right? And every extension of the arm of the tree, it's like a different genre of styles. It's almost like music. You know, we're mm-hmm. all we're on to the same like uh, process of doing things, but it's just a different style of what's uh, what's going on. Do you ever like uh, attend any type of like meetings or things to do with military with uh, with other builders that build military or aircraft that have like, uh, gatherings or anything like that? You know what, dude? I I have been invited uh, several times to to clubs and meetings and. All this stuff, I I don't have the time. Sometimes, you know, the time that I'm going to to put into something like that, I'm like, if it's free time, might as well be building, you know? Yeah. When um, so? Mm-hmm. W- when's your time when you build? That's another question I have here on the list. Like, you know, because like generally, um, you know, like your your typical day. Like, are you doing this morning or or nighttime when you're building? I do it mostly at nighttime. Throughout the day, you know, I have to work, do my stuff. I can't wait to come back. Sometimes, oh, I'm I'm in school as well. I'm studying business, so Dang. Nice. Uh, Thursdays, <laughs> Thursdays and and Sundays are my heavy days with homework. You know, so I can definitely not do anything with scale modeling. So I'm looking for all this time, and mostly at night. Sometimes, dude, I'm building it. I'm like, why am I tired? I look around. It's like three, three twenty. I'm like, oh crap. Mm. And then it's uh, it's really hard to wake up the next day, but I get carried away. Yeah. When, when I'm building, but yeah, mostly it's at night that I that I like to build That's with my music and you know. So like get at, on it. So at night, are you? Let's just say, is it typically like 10 p.m. all the way to like sometimes like the three in the morning? Yeah, sometimes two, sometimes twelve, sometimes one, depending on what I have to do the next day. Yeah, when, yeah, mostly it's at night. Like I know, I know that you're building and you're focused on the model, but do you ever like when you're taking a little break or stop? Do you ever like think like, man, like somewhere in the world right now or in the U.S., somebody's model building right now too? Always, always <laughs> think about that. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> I always think, who's the other crazy guy who's like sitting like a dumbass like me here, just putting <laughs> plastic together. <laughs> Like I, I know somebody out there and then, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll go, I'll go on Instagram and I'll see like, all right, someone posted something 10 minutes ago. It's like, yeah, it's one in the morning, time. two in the morning. All right, we're good. I'm cool. All right. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I can keep going, you know, gives you, gives yeah. you permission. <laughs> Man, what, what are your, uh, like your favorite tools, like your favorite to like your workhorses to go to? Um, meaning what, like the tools I utilize? Yeah, like what is one tool that you've been using for so long that you probably have not even replaced it? Like this is like a tool that you've been using that you use all the time. Ah, uh, you know what? I keep I constantly replace tools. Um sometimes you know I break them or I drop stuff a lot. That is something bad. Uh for example, tweezers, you know, those fine points that for extreme detail. One little elbow goes to the floor and it's done completely, you know, <laughs> bent and it's, it's, it's done. 
So I go through twisters, yeah, and you know, especially um, knives, holly knives. I also drop them, or you're forcing it, and you, you know, you break it. But brushes, they have a bunch of brushes. You you have your like favorite ones, you know, these ones for detail, these ones for large areas, this is for these, and then the other ones are new, you know. Yeah. No. Yeah. And and as far as um, like when it comes down to paint. Like what what kind of paints are you using? That's one question I want to know because I know you're, you know you're you're doing the cars and then you're doing everything else with weathering too. Um, mm-hmm. Are you only using like lacquers, acrylics? Like what what kind of paints are you using? That is crazy because, dude, I use whatever comes and pretty much every build, I kind of like experiment with something else. For example. Oh, that's that's a story from the Opal truck. I was rushing, trying to finish. So imagine all these months and months and months of detail, right? And because of the way I was building it, um, the body needed to be painted before it was assembled because there's no way I could masking all, put masking tape on, on all that detail. I cannot mask that. So I painted it and it was like two weeks to the show so my friend sends me the the 2k clear that two-part clear have you seen it is it uh by by what company splash yes yes the 2k Mm -hmm. okay so he sent me that i've never used it in my life he's like bro just mix it three to one blah 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 and this and this i'm like okay let's do it dude i spray the opal like the last and it begins to create these huge pores like craters Oh, dang. I was like, no, 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 no. All this work, I call my buddy. What the hell did you send me? He's doing this in in Virginia, right? Dude, it worked good for me. I'm like, no, dude, look at this shit. And he's like, oh, no. And the nationals are coming. I'm like, yeah. So imagine I had to find the Opel. If you pay attention, the, the, the clear is really messed up. So I ended up saving it by sanding it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I covered it with plates. That future thing, you know, the, the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, that's, I got away with it. Oh, dang. Yeah, it's a splash. The cheapest freaking clear. <laughs> I cleared with pledge and went to Vegas and did good. And so it was go. a save, you know, speaking about <laughs> materials. But yeah, I use, um, or I have used splash. I use Tamiya colors. I use uh, Mr. Hobby. Mr. Hobbies are really good for certain things. It depends on what I'm painting. Yeah. For large, solid colors, Tamiya. Now, if I do, like, you know, stripes or I'm doing two-tone, three-tone, five-tone, I mix in between Splash and uh, Mr. Color. Those are really good to me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I've used – I'm using Splash. I've used the the – the 2k clear for the lambo and uh-huh. for pretty much uh like there's a gtr that i'm supposed to be clearing mm-hmm. soon i just what have, do you think about splash i like it i like it you I, think so? I, I haven't had any issues with it before okay i was using house of color um paint i've and, heard about it and with house of color i was buying it at coast airbrush and they mm-hmm. are the only company back then that was offering like two ounce bottles you know, one ounce, two ounce, and up to maybe four and and like eight was probably the max. Or 16 was I, the max. 
Are those like urethanes? Yes, they're the real ur- cars. Yeah, they're urethanes. So the problem was is that uh, I, I mean, I ha- back then I had like the space when I was living with my parents. I mm-hmm. had we, you know, there was like this like like shed kind of room that my my dad and a neighbor built, um, mm-hmm. like identical for because our home the homes were like next to each other, and my dad right. had all these like panel like materials from a cooler. And, you know, our neighbor, he's, like, very creative. He's like, hey, you know, how about we, instead of tossing them, let's, we can make, you know, uh, pretty much like a storage room kind of thing. Right. And next thing you know, you know, I tell my dad, like, hey, is it cool if I can actually use that room to paint and stuff? Because I'm away from the house. I'm and like, no one's going to smell this stuff. And Yes. And, they're really smelly, though. Yeah. And, and it, it worked out great. And, you know, I started, it, but it was a learning process. I was learning how to paint and do all this stuff. Armando Flores was teaching me, so right. I would I would drive out from Oxnard to like Burbank, and he would uh-huh. teach me the process of painting and how to mix colors and all this stuff with candy and, and pearls. So then I would drive back home and I'd have like all this homework, right? And in my <laughs> yeah. mind of excitement of just wanting to just paint, 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 learning how to flake and all this stuff. So right. eventually, when I moved, I had to like let go of all that stuff. I gave it away to my friends. I gave some to Armando because I was moving to the city of Simi Valley in an apartment, okay. and I was like, "Oh, I'm sharing, oh, I'm sharing no garages space. with with another, like another neighbor who I don't even know." Mm-hmm. I was like, "I don't want to leave anything in the garage," and I just all those paints. I was just like, "I got to get rid of this stuff." So I stopped painting and, and model building for a while when I was living there. So once I uh, moved over here to where i'm at uh-huh. i was now like all right now you know and then i had a, a baby too so when i was living to oh. see me uh we had a baby the, now she's she's already she's next month she'll be two years old uh oh, but nice. but now that she's growing up you know and even just moving here i felt like all right cool she's be, she's growing up she's becoming a little more independent you know mm-hmm. she's doing her own thing now playing with stuff and whatever and just the kind of scheduling we have now, I'm back on the models and nice. back to painting and all that. But during that transition, I was like, am I going to buy House of Color again? Because oh. how am I going to keep like a quart of paint like in the garage or in the house? You know, I can't do that. And exactly. so then, you know, during that time um, when I, I was going to um, I was looking into purchasing paint also for the online store because i didn't carry uh-huh. any because i was like i don't want to have paint in my house you know um yes. uh, everybody was suggesting like oh splash 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 and i was like all right well first i gotta like try it out you know um yeah. so i started i started using it and um when i used it i was using it i was spraying it over uh tamia um primer and i never ran into an issue uh, you know, pretty much lacquer over a lacquer, everything worked right. fine. The the clear uh, worked fine. And when I shot the two, the two K gloss, I was like, I was like, man, this this um, it reminds me of like the House of Color clear, like the yes, the show very clear. Hard. And and I was like, huh, like all right. So then the one thing I liked about it was just because the bottles were one ounce, and I was like, all right, cool. I could like store these away in the in the in the garage no no big right. no big deal you know yeah. and i started using them but then the more that 
I started to look into other genres of build and stuff. I just started to see the the colors that they had, like the OEM colors, the racing colors, and yes, upholstery colors, all all those things that I was like, okay, this is this is different, like because I'm so used to metallics, candy colors, pearls, mm-hmm. more of that custom uh, world of colors, Correct. which I love and and I like. And, and I mean, it's endless because you keep mixing and mixing, and mixing, but it's always going to be custom. But I was thinking like, if I'm going to build, um, you know, like, a, a, let's say a BMW or, or even, you know, a, a Lambo or whatever. And if I want to sell you the right color, for yeah, you. if I wanted to stick to yeah. the color of that car, then uh-huh. for doing, let's say a replica or something, then mm-hmm. that's the color I'm going to want. And because I, I know I'm not going to know how to mix that color with house of color. You can you can actually custom order colors like, oh, I want this. You send them a, a sample and they send you the, the freaking paint. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's, that's dope. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Like um, I I've, right now, that's all I've been using uh, religiously, like for painting with airbrush. But when it comes to like rattle can, mm-hmm. I'll still I still use um the the Tamiya primers also yeah. uh the mr hobby i like their black primer a lot yes yes i i use that one I that one's using. cool yeah i like yeah. i like that one for sure and then i do have uh some rattle cans that i've just kind of held on for years they're they're kind of already empty like the Tamiya rattle cans uh-huh. just because that's kind of what when i got back into modeling that's kind of what i was uh, using during before i jumped into the house of color uh, world of like of, of painting uh but before that you know th- those cans were my to-go-to the tamiya ones the lacquers now clear you mentioned what what do you think about um have you used mr mr clears the mr color house uh the clear you know range of, of flat and semi-gloss and gloss you know i've i have i have not used the the map like the matte finish or that flat finish, mm-hmm. I have not. I remember um, there was a time where I did buy some from Mr. Hobby a mm-hmm. while back because I was also like uh, building like Gundam uh, figures. Nice. And I remember um, one of my friends on Instagram, his name is uh, Dennis Matthews. He's based mm-hmm. out of Florida and he's also a Gundam fan. So like me and him... You know, there's periods of time when, you know, when we when we stop model building, you know, we want to, like, just build something different. Uh-huh. Like, we're kind of, like, he's he's into it, I'm into it, so it's kind of cool. Like, we're bouncing back and forth ideas and talking about stuff and the robots and all this stuff. And, yeah. and we're, like, buying water slide decals and then, uh, what are you going to get? You know, what kind of clear? And we're talking about, oh, we need to get flat clear, top coat. And, and all this stuff. And it's funny because we're buying all this stuff, but we never get to that stage to actually like. Oh, I'm actually starting. <laughs> yeah. So like we pretty much scribe them. We scribe them. We get them, you know, all built up and then we take them yeah. apart and then we're like, all right, we're going to customize them. But then that's it. It's done. And that's it. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like, man, I still have a can of top coat. It's still sealed with the plastic. It, it happens. Yeah. I haven't even like used it. But for the most part, I would say just the gloss clear is like all I've used. Uh-huh. And it's it's interesting because, um, you know, 
back then, because I was doing so much like House of Color, you know, clear and, and like looking into like the world of lowriders and customs. Uh huh. I I had this like perception that the the goal was to get it really wet gloss look, right? Yeah. Because I was following a lot of custom painters on Instagram that were doing one on one scale cars. Uh-huh. And a lot of them were lowrider builders, and oh. because they're they're flaking the cars right, like the roofs, or they're just applying a lot of flake to the car, like it tends to build up, where you have to apply a lot of clear because you have to bury that flake, because you want. Oh, interesting. Cause oh, want, that's true. Because flake is like a three D thing, right? Yeah, it could it, like some could stand up. Some flakes yeah. like are, are are laying flat, so they're they're mm-hmm. they're laying in, in different angles, and you know I used to see these guys with these spray can it was spray guns, right? One on one skill like this is like when the Instagram was like giving you like fifteen seconds of a video, you know? Uh, yeah, and they're yeah. just like like spraying, 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 and then later you see the photos, and everybody's comments were always like, "Oh man, that's super wet! Oh, that's wet!" Like that, like like that was it was almost like a bro thing like that was the thing you know like you had to wow. get it wet and if somebody yeah. who didn't get it like that it was almost like ah weak you know like oh it's not yeah, wet yeah yeah you're scared yeah so um I remember like finally when I started to see scale model cars I used to see some cars that the the clears were always different you know right and I was like oh maybe they didn't apply too much clear or what. And then I remember, like, you know, when I would put clear on a car using Tamiya, mm-hmm. the, like, it was it was shiny, you know, and that's all I knew. Like, oh, cool, you know, I, I used the Tamiya gloss clear, you know. Right. It, it did what it's supposed to do. But then when I put my car next to somebody who built, like, a lowrider using, you know, urethane clear by House of Color, I was like, dang, like, huh, like that car shines way more than mine, you know? And and that yeah, was always... you can tell the difference in, in, in finishes. Yeah, and that was kind of the goal, right? Like, I was like, oh, I want to get to that level, you know? I want to do the, the really shiny clear. But then it was like, it wasn't until, you know, you start seeing more cars, different styles. You know, you go to like NNL West mm-hmm. and you see like every car is kind of different in the clears, right? And then people start to tell you, like, yeah, it's because, like, these cars were from, you know, it's, like, different eras, different clears. Like, they weren't, the goal for this car coming out of the lot wasn't to be, like, this crazy show car with, like, thick clear, you know? It was just, like, a shiny Yeah, and I was like, oh, shoot, that's so true, you know? So, I feel like now, you know, I'm I'm kind of uh, trying to explore, like, other genres of other styles of cars, you know? Even it's fascinating, like when you you're, you're telling me about like the the race cars, you know how they they're getting beat up and they're getting dirty, they're getting like scratched up, and it's not really like they're caring too much about the exterior. Like oh, like don't 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 go too fast because you're gonna scratch the paint. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it's cool, man. Like to to see about that because you know it it makes me think all right it's not just always going to be about the gloss clear i gotta look into the flat clears or, or those a, matte finishes it's something that you mentioned right now and 
when when for example you're speaking about all the different genres of cars and and this is something i wanted to to also pick your brain about it for example you know when when you when you're going to go racing for example you know you do not uh paint all that uh advertising dude those are vinyl big stickers you know pretty much you're putting stickers on a car so those stickers they don't shine as how the regular actual paint shines and you don't put clear on top of that because the first thing that you hit you need to to change that part put another sticker kind of like paint it and, and keep going so you're not going to spend money on expensive clears so real race cars don't really shine they're kind of like in between you know mm -hmm. some of them are shiny but it's mostly like vinyl on top also they do wraps on 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 race cars they wrap them with with vinyl so the shine that you get out of vinyl that's the real shine and that that is my issue you know when for example whenever you go to a show I bring a race car and they're like, oh, your clear is not good. It doesn't shine as much as the rest of the cars. Oh, yeah. And, but you know what I'm saying, right? No, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I am building in order to resemble what's real, not what you like or, or, or to fit a standard of a show. Yeah. So I, that's my, always my question, you know, um, I had a friend, he was, uh, judging on uh Sprufest long time ago and i was like dude he's like dude are these your race cars because i brought one from from the months and i'm like yeah dude it's insane so we started talking about engines and all this stuff right and he's like too bad that the guy who judged your car doesn't know about cars and i'm like what <laughs> yeah oh. I, I thought you you were judging he's like no they they moved me to somewhere so who judged it a guy who judges tanks I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, for example, if they, let's say you're judging uh, on clears, dude, you'll know wide range because you've been there. You've tried them all. And you know what you, what clear goes where, how, how to work with a clear, you know? Mm -hmm. But I see all these issues going around that, oh, no, it's not how I like it, so it's not good yeah that kind of thing yeah it's a trip because i i feel like that's a big portion because it's pretty much the almost one of those like last pieces that that's mm -hmm. gonna set your your model but mm -hmm. you also have to be considerate though as to like what the car is you know because when i when i like i was saying earlier like about you know when i was like i i came more model building from a heavy like uh inspiration from lowriders like, okay like you know from a kid like seeing lowrider cars and all that but even back then when i was a kid and i was seeing these lowrider cars they weren't really they didn't have like these crazy paint jobs on them at all Correct. it was just a solid color all they had was rims and hydraulics like that was like the whole yes. thing and i was like all right cool you know but then i feel like when i got back into model building um, I would say around the, the 2015, 2016 and being on mm -hmm. Instagram in, in the very beginning, I started to come across those like custom painters now. A new trend. A new, yeah. It was like a whole new trend now. Right. You know, next thing you know, I'm finding out one of my friends from high school, was a, he's like a custom painter too. And he emerges on nice. Instagram and I'm like, what the heck? I haven't seen you since high school, you know? And 
And here you are being an artist. <laughs> so yeah, it's like all these things were like going on, but then once once um I got like a really good idea or fulfillment from Lowrider, the one of my friends told me, you know what, you're gonna get into other genres, like other you're gonna go through a phase. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, trust uh -huh. me, watch, you're gonna start getting into custom cars. And I was mm. kind of like at the time, like, what are you talking about? Like, what's that? And he's like, the lead sleds, like Mercury's, Ford's, mm -hmm. you know, certain cars from like from like the 50s. Correct. And um, I'm like, huh, for real. You know, and then, you know, we start going to shows that that were really just like non, like, like to 100% like lowrider, just like more uh -huh. other genres. And we started to see them now in person. And it was more like, oh, dang, next thing you know, it's like doors are just opening in my head. Like my mind's being blown, you know? Like, yes. this is a whole nother world right here now. Exactly. Like, you just discovered something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I could see some similarities as far as the paints. But I felt, uh -huh. I to me, I always felt like, all right, with Lowrider, they tend to use more metallics and flakes. And now there's, they're, I mean, they're using everything now, but, but for a period of time. And then I always looked at the custom cars. My impression was like, they're very rich with like the pearls. And, right. and and also the with clears they use they do use gloss but they also do a lot of nice clean builds with pearl and then a flat like a satin kind of a clear on their cars that you're like wait a minute you know it, and I don't know and and now you know I'm starting to open up more of my mind towards like what I'm attracted to right now is like a lot of these like JDM cars. Uh, JDM, exotic yeah. cars even some of the race cars like you know it's uh -huh. it's kind of uh like on my online store when it when it comes to like ordering let's say product that i'm going to come into uh -huh. the store i'm not trying to just pigeonhole to one style i'm like correct i'm like i get excited when i see these kids i'm like <laughs> i want to get this one oh, i want to get this one i know yeah. I've, I've i've never built this one but i'm pretty sure people would love to like yeah you know and and it just that excitement goes, but at the same time, it opens up like to study about it too, you know. Even in your page, you just started posting all these things that you were getting. I'm like, stop! You know, make me spend <laughs> thousands of that stuff. I think I posted that on your yeah. page, dude. Come on, <laughs> they're yeah. so cool. Yeah, they're yeah, so it's, cool. It's crazy. Like I just remember having in the beginning like oh one bmw car right like a, mm -hmm. to, to put on the site cool i got my hands on one and then later i was like oh crap there's like six of them in there now you know yes, it just yes, it yes, just yes. it just changes up and i'm like all right cool like i can get this or or i'm kind of waiting on one that i'm going man they've been sold out of stock of this for so many months yes you know yes. i can't wait to get my hands on it and then you know like seeing your cars, like the BMWs at the shows, I'm always like, you know, back then, like, man, what model kit is this? Exactly. I've, I've never seen it. But then, you know, it's like, it's one of the new new kits, but then you're doing your custom take to it. Yes. And you're, yes. And you're switching always, it up. I always modify and they're going like, what kit is this? I've never seen it. Uh, it's a long story. <laughs> nah, yeah. And then um, another one that I'm, I'm not bringing up and I have it written down right in front of me is that motorcycle, that BMW motorcycle. Yes. What what, yes, sc yes, yes. what scale is that? That's one twelve. Oh damn. Okay. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that's one twelve. That's not. I've never. Who? What kid is that? Or, or is that just a scratch bill? Um, 
bike or how that comes <laughs> So, yeah, so this is the story. It, the kid is called Imai. I M A I. That's that's the brand. It's like an old Japanese, really, you know, 70s mold, something really weird. So the, the thing with this motorcycle, I, I actually bought the real motorcycle. It's a 1978, and the motorcycle's called an R100. What's crazy about the motorcycle, um, are you familiar with uh, Porsche or Volkswagen engines, the old school ones? No, I'm not. Okay, so they're air-cooled engines. They don't they don't have a radiator. They don't they don't run water through the through the system, right? Like any other car, a radiator. Uh, Porsches and Volkswagens, the old ones, they're called flat engines because their pistons are laying like flat, or they call it pancake motors. Mm. So this motorcycle has the same style. It's a two-piston engine. But the heads are sticking out to the side because it's like a Volkswagen or Porsche style engine. It's a BMW, old BMW, and it's air cooled. It's not water cooled. It's a crazy bike, you know. So I bought a 1978, and then I'm like, I have to make my build. But the the actual motorcycle, when you see it, it's like those old ones, you know. It's it's like a boring motorcycle. So I thought I'm going to convert it. There's two two different styles. One is a bobber. And the other one is like a cafe racer. They make them, you know, like like racy. They're all motorcycles, but they make them modern and more like racy look. So that's when I decided to modify this. I actually bought a Ducati, the same scale, a 112 scale. And I borrowed all the parts from the Ducati and threw them on the, on the BMW. So it's, it's a very long custom build. <laughs> Man, that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> like seeing the the photo on, on your, your Instagram that you have of it, I mean, it looks really nice, man. Thank you, thank you. I will, um, eventually I will make the video because, yeah, the whole thing is modified. I only ended up using the fuel tank, the chassis, and the engine. All the rest is either scratch build, custom, or, or from another motorcycle. Yeah, man, that's yeah. a trip. I was thinking right now. Um, you know, like when you go to the, like a model show and it's like, let's just say military tanks, like the builders mm -hmm. that are there. Do you think if, uh, if somebody would like walk in there with like, you know, like just a custom tank or, or a crazy or a weird paint job, do you, do you think it would raise some eyebrows or piss some people off? <laughs> They're, they're like, that's an that's excellent question. Yes, okay. <laughs> military guys, you have you heard about the term rivet counters? No. Okay. Every time you're in scale modeling, once or, or twice you're gonna hear the, the term, oh, don't be a rivet counter. For example, let's say I build a 55 Chevy, you know, but but it's not a custom. Or the 57 Bel Air, you know, that's a very common car. And you paint the grills different, and then you add something else. You know, and, and, and one of those purists will be like, well, that year they didn't have those lights there. And Dude, relax, you know, it's my bill. I, that, so, dude, a lot of military people are like that. That year, you know, when it fought in that battle, that chain was on the side, not on top of it. They go crazy about stuff like that. <laughs> 
They go crazy. And and check this out. Now that you mentioned that, I build one tank uh, at a point and I put a chain on the bottom. Right? Mm -hmm. So I took it to a show and one of the guys was like, he didn't he didn't know that it was my tank. So the guy was like, Whoa, in the war they didn't use chains, they use cables because they will get stuck. And he started, you know, going off on <laughs> I was like, Okay, dude, next show I put like ten chains on the tank. <laughs> Just wrapped it with and put it there, and the guy was like, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> and I was like, "Just to piss him off," yeah. because people go crazy about little things, you know. But yeah, you're right. Uh, a lot of the military people are like that. Then yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like, you bring in a model and you you put a, like a little uh, a camera in there, or just something so like a GoPro. So you get pe people's reactions, like when they're like, you know, people bending down to stare at it and they're just criticizing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it all the time. You know, this hobby and speaking, this is another whole topic, you know, speaking about this, um, something that I try and do, it's keep this hobby. You know, for example, this conversation I'm having with you right now, it's amazing, dude. You know, we're. We're exchanging ideas, yeah, new perspectives. Cool. Yeah, you know, you get into it, and instead of leaving that bad, you know, taste, it's actually the other way. I I want to, you know, go build and do more stuff because it's inspiring. You're you're amazing. You're super cool. Nah, hey, hey, likewise, dude. I mean, I'm already thinking about what's on my bench right now. You know, I got three rebuilds right? but i know going <laughs> to them i'm gonna have like a different perspective now exactly exactly sure. that's the idea you know but the 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 bottom line uh, after all this is you know that's the thing whenever you exchange uh ideas or or any kind of interaction with another modeler that's how i see it you know if you didn't make that person grow or change their perspective pretty much don't do anything other people like to no, you put you down. They like to criticize your stuff and and kind of like is that competitive? I I like com being competitive, but in a healthy way, not in a bad way. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people who they're trying to find the slightest thing to to put your model down, and it's not about that. It is we're like a big family. <laughs> mm -hmm. We need to to support each other. You know, right. that's how I see it. Yeah, no, yeah, same here, you know, and, and I've, I, I see it with a lot of people too, um, especially like on Instagram, there's a lot Jealousy. of, a lot of, uh, like just d different things going on. But then I almost feel though that, you know, a lot of people are very connected and, and showing a lot of love where they're kind of, um, I, I don't, I don't really see now. I don't really see too much negativity. Like, yeah. I, I see a lot of people coming together chilling and like now when i um i want to say like these like last shows that i've gone to i've mm -hmm. i've noticed that now like everyone like someone knows each other now more you know right and, right and before it was a little different you know i, I think covid changed that too yeah no yeah because it, being it, stuck because you know w when when you go to a show it's like you put your models down you fill out the forms or, or if you just go to spectate, let's say, you know, right away, you're going to see your friends that you always see. Yeah. And you yes. say what's up. But once in a while, 
you're going to meet someone new or, or there's an opportunity to meet someone new, right? Correct. Correct. But, but then sometimes it just like, it doesn't happen. And it's not until you start posting photos that people are like, what, you were there? <laughs> Dang, I was there too. Like, you know, we should have said what's up or whatever, but you know, next time. And then sometimes next time doesn't come around. You yeah, just, that is true. You just never know. But then, you know, like there was like no shows going on during the pandemic and all that. I and then know. finally, you know, you got shows emerging, you, you know, it, you got the SoCal Open and like the Sprue Fest, all these other shows. And even some shows that I, I missed, I could not go because I was busy on those weekends. But the uh -huh. ones that I did get to go, it was cool to see that everybody was like, you know, that I see on Instagram was there and everyone's like chopping it up, like at the show, mm -hmm. like talking. It was nice mm -hmm. to see that. And um, I remember, you know, when I was talking with uh, with Pablo uh, one on one scale, Pablo. One yeah. of one of the things I like what he was doing at the shows was he was like taking photos uh, with with the people that were there at the show and posting yes. on Instagram. You know, because yes. it's kind of cool. Like you get to see like who's who. You know, like like all oh, that. Oh, that's him. All right, cool. Now exactly. I, now I know who that is. So you put you put a, a face with the with the the name of the page. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, next time, you know, you go to the the next show, you see them. Now, you know, oh, you know, this is so-and-so. I'm going to go say what's up to them now. Exactly. So, that's, exactly. uh, it's been cool. And, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, seeing, like, you, the work you do, man, and even, you know, talking to you right now and everything, I know that your builds and your words and everything inspire a lot of people, too. You know, Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I know for sure, like, the people that you surround yourself with that you kick it with talk to with talking about models or even other stuff, you know, I'm sure they get inspired from you and, you know, from your personal life, like what can you, can you tell us like how modeling has helped in your perspective, whether it's at work or, or just in life, like not even building models like that. It has helped you to kind of just get from point A to point B in your daily life so um we we kind of like went around this topic uh, at the beginning you know how do you uh how do you bring aspects that have nothing to do with modeling into modeling right and it will help you become better now the other way around if you think about scale modeling objectively once you open it first, it's inspiration. You get inspired. So being inspired, dude, it's the, it's the very core difference between achieving great things or, be, or doing nothing in your life, you know? And think about it. Business, brands, computers, it, you name it around you, every single great thing in human and humanity comes from inspiration. Yeah. So now let's focus on, on scale modeling. Dude, with the moment you're inspired by f pictures, you know, you saw a badass car and you're like, holy crap, I, I want to build this. So that inspiration is moving your gears, you know, getting your, your chemistry going, all that stuff. That's the first aspect. Just that, if you apply it to your regular life, if you begin to utilize inspiration for your own good in anything you do, 
with your family, with your work. People wake up on Mondays. Oh, my God, Monday, weekend's over. Dude, <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Every, every week becomes a month and months, years, and years is a lifetime of you you know, neglecting and not doing it, not feeling inspired. You wasted your life not being inspired. Yeah. So just even the beginning can can be put, you know, you can bring that into your life. Now, opening the box and beginning a project. Now you're talking about planning. Now you're talking about challenges. Now you're talking about strategizing. Now you're talking about solving problems. You're forcing your brain to approach a problem and finding solutions. Now, this is your initial plan. Let's start. And then you begin, boom, you start cutting these, and then boom, first, sorry, you know, first mess. Oh, crap, I messed this up. Okay, what are your options? How are you going to fix it? And then you begin to, to, to reroute your original plan, you know? Now the strategy changed. Now I'm going to do this. But if I do this, I mess this up. So now you begin to force your brain to find solutions. So, dude, if you see, if you retract from actually building a, a cute little scale model, no, if you, if you really pay attention to all the steps involved in scale modeling, dude, it's a great big project. You're challenging your brain. All those aspects, you can bring them into your real life, how you approach you know, a problem at work. Yeah, it might not. It might not even be your problem, but you found the solution. Now you're bringing value to your employer. Now they'll be like, "Okay, this guy, you know, he's a thinker. I'm, I'm gonna think about this guy whenever I'm opening a new promotion. Something. I mean, as, as simple as scale modeling. If you observe it, you can bring all those aspects into your real life. It's the other way around." Yeah, that's a trip. I mean, you're so true with everything you're saying, you know. Um, you know, I I remember back then about the Mondays, you mentioned, right? The weekend's over and like it's Sunday and you're dreading the Monday. Yes. Like you're like, oh man, I got to go back to work and all this stuff, exactly. right? But then I remember like when I was younger feeling that way, but then later that went away. Like Good. I think what happened was it's almost without even thinking about it, but it was almost like strategizing about the problem. Exactly. I was thinking, exactly. all right, what do I need to do? I need to just already mentally know that tomorrow I'm going to wake up. I'm going to most likely have to answer calls. I have to do this, I have to do that. But now you're planning. Yeah. But in, in order for exactly. me to feel good, I got to make sure I get, I, I sleep in good on Sunday, wake up, eat breakfast, wake up on time, and not feel rushed, you know? Dude, you trick your brain. You trick your brain into solving a problem. Yeah. And and yeah. I remember like doing like like those little things, right? And I started to feel better now. Now the Monday went smooth, whatever, you know? Things went And now good. you're liking it, right? Yeah. And then and I do remember those Mondays sometimes when like I would show up to work thinking, oh, today's gonna be smooth too. And then a problem would hit. I would check the voicemails. And you got, uh -huh, you got and someone, uh -oh. <laughs> someone complaining, like, hey, you yeah. need to call me right now, you know? And I'm already yeah. like, like, uh oh, oh, you know, like I thought to I thought my day was gonna get started good. But then yeah. but then before you make those calls, you gotta strategize. All right, 
there's a we already know what, what the, are my options yeah we already know the problem yeah. what are the <laughs> options we're going to give the customer what what can it's... we do to make them happy <laughs> yes yes dude it, it's in, it's crazy but you're so right that's how it works yeah but you see you see with so little how you change your perspective on hating mondays to actually embracing a new week yeah right no yeah it's it's uh it's so true because even um there would be times with my fiance we would uh get into these talks and, and she would be like oh man you know uh uh, like I'm not, I'm not looking forward to going back to the office. Like you know, mm -hmm. tomorrow or whatever. And I'd be like, why? And I'd be like, why are you spending the whole day dreading it? Just yes. wait until the day presents itself. And now you're wasting your Sunday. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah. And then because she was like already assuming, no, I think I'm gonna have a bad day. I'm like, no, you're not. Unless you want it to be, you know, like yeah, you'll be cool. Yeah, that is so true. And I don't know, I, I kind of you know little by little after a while i started to you know kind of putting without even thinking about it, like you said now now that you're you're saying it that the strategy and everything it's almost uh -huh. like i like now i have to like share it with her you know and <laughs> yeah and because it, it makes so much sense like that you know with and that's another thing too like when we dive into a model let's just say uh like you're not gonna kit bash it or you know do like some crazy customizations, right? We think like, mm -hmm. like let's just say out of the box. We're already right. assuming that everything's gonna fit perfect. Exactly. Because it's out of exactly. the box. We're assuming, oh, like everything's but then we should or it's almost like we should already have this like impression or thought that like we're gonna run into a problem at some point. Exactly. So the the model is like a math problem. It's testing us, it's testing our patience, it's testing to see what route we're going to take or do to fix it. And, and dude, nobody ever learns from, you know, not doing things. You only learn under distress, challenges, or problems. That's where you learn. Yeah. If you don't have those, you're not doing anything. You're not growing. <laughs> no, it's yeah. so true. Like, just yeah. recently, bro, like, um, I would say last week, I ran into a problem. Uh -huh. with my business but with uh with a, a purchase that i did i uh -huh. pur I purchased product from a distributor mm -hmm. and i've been purchasing since i started and every product arrives on time everything well boxes are like you know looking nice not even dented no no problems uh -huh. dude last week for the first time a box arrives Cru oh, crushed like so bad with a big ripped hole in it and, oh, and it was taped man. over they taped over it and the ups guy just dropped it off and he, he like he knew and he took off like he was oh yeah he's not gonna wait for I, it <laughs> i don't i don't need no signature i'm out you know and yeah. he's like hey we're still in a pandemic and he left you know <laughs> and and like I look at this thing. I didn't even have time to even like whistle at him and be like, Hey, come back, come pick this up. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want it, you know, because, yeah. um, I just, it, it just looked messed up and I was waiting on this product and then, but I, I, I wasn't tripping, you know, I go, all right, like what the hell happened? So I bring it in. Let's up. see. Yeah. I bring it in. Let's inspect it. I open up, you know, I mean, it was pretty much already exposed. I could see whatever kits were in there. I uh -huh. open it up. Everything that was small, whether if it was tape, detail parts, uh, 
uh, like carbon fiber sheets, all that stuff was gone, dude. Gone. And then I'm like, all right, let me see how many, uh, let me assess like what's missing. Dude, it was like 75% of the stuff was missing. Like, it was either stolen or it's like lost, tossed somewhere. somewhere, It's somewhere, 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 you know? (laughs) And I was like, all right. And um, I mean, I, I was just taking at this, like, all right, this is a problem here, but I need to find out, like... The solution. The solution yeah. or, or, or this process of what, you know. Mm-hmm. First Don't the, dwell on the issue. Dwell yeah, on, the, on the solutions, you know, yeah. So, so I'm, you know, contacting the distributor and then mm-hmm. trying to get, like, all right, what's your guys' protocol in this situation? This is the first time it's happened to me. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, from there, you know we're talking they're telling me what to do so i'm following all these like steps and and i'm doing them you know filing claims and doing all this stuff but at the same time i was like telling myself look um i'm not gonna let this ruin my day like i still because it was in the morning when they brought it i was like i still gotta like i'm gonna be playing with my daughter we're gonna do this you know we got plans for later and you know what like if if uh whatever amount of money like as a loss that I'm going to take on this, if that's what it is for me to learn what's going to come out of this, then I guess that that's what it's going to be. You know, it's, it's no, no big deal. You didn't it, lose money. You paid for a lesson. Yeah. There you go. It's like I paid yeah. for a lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and, paid for a little class. And then, um, you know, I, um, like the days are going by and I'm already thinking like, I, I kind of like was already forgetting about it. Mm-hmm. And then later I get more phone calls from the distributor like, oh, what's the update? Have they contacted you or what? And I'm like, nah, I haven't I haven't heard anything. You know, they mm-hmm. I did send it back, though. They picked it up. They picked up whatever remains, you know, were there and you're going to end up getting it back. So just right. know that it's on its way and, you know, I'll email you the info, whatever. And um, I'm just going to leave it at their hands, whatever, whatever they get back. Correct. Um, you know, uh, some of that stuff was damaged too. Like it was like dented and all messed up. And uh-huh. I was just like, like, what the heck? You can sell it like that. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it is possible. But, you know, the UPS was like, you know, well, we, well we're going to send it back. All right. Whatever, you know, do it, whatever has to be done, whatever. I'm going to learn this process. But then yeah. pretty much the, you know, for future, because I know it's going to happen in the future. It's not like. It's never going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to show, oh, yeah. you know, uh, missing by whatever happens. But if that happens again, one of the things is just to like pretty much you just got to send it back, you know. Okay. Like another protocol. Yeah. And like, I mean, if anything, it delays things or whatever. But one of the important things is not to stress out on it, especially like, like, don't think about how much you spent and like, you know, whatever, like. Because imagine if I waste all that time stressing on that. Oh, and then and then at the very end, you know, imagine they go, Oh, don't worry, we're gonna resend you everything again. Like I'll be like messed up your day, your family (laughs) day. Yeah, I'm like (laughs) Yeah, and it's like damn for nothing. But even then, like let's just say if if both parties tell me, you know what, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing there was no insurance involved in it all right, over here, oh, I'm sorry, we can't replace anything, then, all right, like, I mean, you know, it is what it is, you know? I'm take not, the loss. Yeah, I'm just going to take it as a loss, and 
at the same time, it's one of those things, you know, I could still report it on my end when I do my books as a loss as yeah, well. Definitely. So, I mean, but, but those are, you know, that, that was like one thing that I encountered and, you know, my, my father, like he, he like he owns a flower shop and, you know, I, I've, I've worked with him for so many years and we experienced like so many, you know, things throughout the years, like a lot of good things, but then once in a while, like a complaint or something bad would happen. Right. But, but all those like errors or mistakes is what like shaped up the shop to what it is. Yeah. And I took all that. Like I learned all that. And, Dude, training that's awesome and, and it's cool like i'm just yeah. like all right cool i didn't have to go to like like this was my school you know right. like experiencing all this stuff like working here and and it's kind of what i'm applying to now uh with this like in case if something like you know whatever happens you know because stuff's gonna go down you know <laughs> that that's gonna be out of my hands always always it's how you react to them that's the difference mm. Oh. yeah man it's uh it's a trip but i'm definitely um a lot a lot of the words you said on this podcast um i'm taking them with me you know mentally <laughs> and and i have to pass them on you know especially you know once in a while like i'll have friends who they get a little frustrated with builds or even not even model building with other things that they're doing and it's almost like as a friend you have to say some words or of encouragement, something to build them up, you know, Correct. and, and uh, not make them feel like, yeah, just give up on it. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, no, never, never. Yeah. And, um, but man, you have to inspire them. That's the word. Yeah. When, um, for like model building, let's say, uh, what words can you say to a model builder out there that's listening, who, who might be in that stage of like frustration, you know, should he put the model down for a while and then come back? Or what do you recommend? Um, first, I always say it's just plastic. At the end of the day, it's just plastic. Um, it's good. You know, frustration, it's it. There wouldn't be frustration if you wouldn't have certain standards. So that's good. In, in, in a first step, something negative, it can be seen as positive because Imagine you never care. It comes out like this. Ah, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? That's mediocrity. You get frustrated because you're expecting, uh, you know, good results. So that's that's good. Um, yes, there, you're going to get stuck. You're going to get this. What I recommend, leave it alone. Go for a walk. Let it rest. And when you come back with a clear mind, you're like, oh, it was right in front of me. This is all I needed to do. Or you approach it, and then you approach it with a different feeling, different energy. Because, you know, whenever you have negativity in your mind, nothing comes out right. That's why they say, you know, never buy food when you're hungry. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's going to be so different. Or, Dude, yeah, you know, the things you make angry or happy or sad, they're never going to be the same. Yeah. Damn. It's the same thing with modeling. You know, let it rest. Go out, walk, clear your head, drink water, talk to somebody, watch a movie, come back, and it'll be a completely different perspective, and you'll solve it. Man, that's so true. Like, if you think about it, like, it's not good to be model building when you're mad. Never. Uh, Never. Or even hungry. Dude, know? it's crazy how your emotions, and trust me, and, and now I'm going to say this, observe your bills, and you'll see it. 
you can remember, look at your, for example, if you have a, a shelf with cars, look at each car and try to remember what you were thinking. Dude, it reflects on your models. The, the way they come out, uh, when you're frustrated and then you're, you're not building happy, you'll never get it right. Yeah. Never. That's how the brain works. Man, that's such a trip, dude. You're so right about that. Yeah. It, it, your emotions reflect on your bills. Like if you are very engaged and happy, something that I learned, and this I learned, uh, and it's not just in scale modeling. When I start building, I already know how the model is going to look. Like I just have to do the process of, of getting there. But I already have in my mind, this is going to look like this, 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 and that. And it's going to look perfect. Once you set your brain that is already there, all you're doing is the, the, the little work to get there. But if you're wondering, and I don't know, and this, that, then your model goes like that, like a zigzag. But if whenever you start a model, you already, you know, it's going to be a badass model. Yeah. regardless of whatever you set your mind that it's already there you just have to put it together it looks like that at the end yeah that i learned yeah that's crazy a while ago yeah you, you know have to put your mind and i've been there what you just said when when you ha when you don't have that visual of how the model's mm -hmm. going to look at the end um I, i've i've been there where and, and and here's the reason why i know i've been there because i've told like my friends like let's say like armando flores like i tell him hey i'm gonna i'm gonna make this model mm -hmm. and then the first question he says is um uh, have you thought about the paint or how's it gonna look you know mm -hmm. and that's basically asking me like what's your visual of you know the layout or how how's this gonna you know go out and like i don't know how to sketch like that you know to give you like a, a picture or anything okay. but sometimes you could explain it right with your words Correct. But my answers would would always be like, "Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what color I'm gonna do it." Or, and then the next thing after paint is what kind of wheels. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of wheels. So then, next thing you know, I'm starting this process of building, but I'm not. I'm like, I'm like lost. You know, I'm just yeah. kind of like zigzagging. You know, trying to figure out like. All right. It will, it will reflect on your model. It's, <laughs> it's going to look like yeah, here and there and maybe and you patch it because you didn't know what to add, you know? No, yeah, that's so true. And and yeah. I, I have kept a lot of my models from when I started back up again to now. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, obviously, like the one, the newer ones, the ones I like, I'm going to display them on my desk to stare at. <laughs> but once in a while, I'll pull out the other ones from my closet or from boxes and I kind of line them up because I already know the timeline. All right. This is, this is the last model I built when I was in like a freshman in high school. Yeah. Now, Oh, this is the model. Like, you know, like or like 10 years later, this is the one I built when I got back into it. And then I see that, you know, I guess we like to see a progression, right? Yeah. Yes. We're yes. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's a progression, a progression. But then again, it's like, on top of that, if you start it more, you start to see more deeper, like, like how you're saying, you know, like the feelings, how you were feeling, the inspiration, or you were lost, or, or what, you know, man, it it, it could go deep, 
<laughs> yeah, no, definitely, dude. And, and we can talk about this for days, like seriously, all these different perspectives. And, and this is one, one of the reasons why I like to alternate. If I get stuck in cars, I begin to get frustrated a little bit more because it becomes monotonous, the same, the same, the same. That's why I, I maybe I'm weird, you know, but I need challenges. I need to challenge my brain to to get out of the box and, and jump into another, you know, out of cold water and hot water, stuff like that, you know. That's why I need to alternate. And and now I'm getting all these other challenges on paint and camel. Now I need to do the weathering. How am I gonna make this rusty? I need dry mud, you know, wet mud. Now oil came out and it stained the mud. You know, all those little things you have to to and you keep getting inspired. Yeah, dude. It's so true, man. Like every everything you're you're telling giving us some knowledge right here, dude. It's so, it's so, I like it, man. I like it. It's dope. It's dope. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, you know, what else you're going to be building in the future definitely keep us updated on the instagram yeah. don't stop posting dude yeah yeah it's it's i struggle you know because if i'm building i'm not posting and then a video but yeah i'll definitely start yeah i mean um you you can always um i know for example um like kiwi hobbies cam out in mm -hmm. uh, new zealand you know he he when he works on his builds he takes photos uh -huh. um, you know when he's like he he'll work on something and then once he takes a break or he's done he'll take he'll you know pretty much just document what went down and then oh. you know he'll get more sessions in so now he ha he kind of has like a little uh like a little catalog or just you know like a good amount of photos or videos and and then later in time like if he's not building he'll you know he'll post them up so this okay. so this way there's like content flowing and it doesn't kind of mess up the uh that momentum that momentum of yeah. building you know because yeah. it is hard to to try to because then it's almost like your concentration kind of goes away you almost feel pressured to to do something because you have to put it online yeah i see i see all these now that you mentioned instagrams i see all these instagrams dude so well put in the pictures and continuity and mine is a mess dude it's like a bike then you know a chicken leg and then a pizza <laughs> and a window it's you know it, it, i i need to work on that but yeah i'll get there i'll get no, it's yeah, another it, talent is it? it is it is i mean i know some guys do photography like they got a you know nikon or a canon camera and they're doing like, like a photo shoot to me, I have a camera too, but I put that thing away. I haven't even been busted it out in like months or even a year. I think I just, it's hard for me. I just, I'm just going, all right, I'm gonna roll with my phone, take some photos. All right, I'm done here. And that's it. You know, handy, right? yeah, I'm just like, it'll be easier for me. But I mean, I do appreciate when they go the extra mile, but I know for me, it's tough. I can't do it Yeah. right now. I just can't maybe in the future. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. you know, maybe some other day. That'll be our next hobby, you know, photography and Instagram posting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. That's so true. Well, hey, hey, Daniel, it was a pleasure talking to you, having you on the podcast. The other hand, it's my pleasure, man. Thank you. It's an honor to have 
to be in your podcast and I wish you the best. No, likewise. And I hope that, you know, in the future we do another episode, you're down. And um, I look forward to also seeing you at future shows and, you know, your your models, dude, that you're going to be busting out with. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, definitely. I'll see you at the next show and on if know something before that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, you have awesome, a, well, you have a good night. Uh, maybe you'll, maybe you'll get into some model building or something, you know, before you go to sleep. Oh, I'll continue. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fired up right now. <laughs> yeah. Likewise. All right, All man. Better. Have a good one. Thank yeah. you for everything. It's you been an well. hour. Thank you. All right, man. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye.